Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse episode 242. I am Peter and joining me as always is Matt. Hey, release the Kraken. And from somewhere in the dark multiverse, in a world that shouldn't exist, featuring people that shouldn't exist, Connor's also here. It's quite a good intro, actually. (laughs) (laughs) By your usual standards. CR21! Coming, st- coming straight from the planet that shouldn't exist. Uh, well, Gingertopia. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that does sound terrifying. <laughs> it's a nocturnal planet, obviously. Yes. Yeah, you have to be. Or else yeah. you'll roast alive. Yes, Gingeropolis. I don't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll think of a way to get Ginger into a planet title that'll sound natural. Good luck. Yes. Uh, we talk about DC Comics on this show. Every week we get together, we talk about the books we read. Coming up on this week's show, we have Future State Dark Detective, Issue 4. Future State Superman House of L, Issue 1. Future State Superman vs. Imperious Lex, Issue 2. Future State Batman Superman, Issue 2. Future State Aquaman, Issue 2. And Connor will be talking about Future State Legion of Superheroes, Issue 2. And do, I, do you want a curveball on that? Mm-hmm. I have at least one positive thing to say. Oh, hey, yo. It's probably about uh, um, lettering again, like the last time. Right? Possibly. Mm. Maybe inking. Mm-hmm. So. And then wrapping up the list, uh, I've got a Patreon book, American Vampire issue, I think it was 16. I'll have to double check that when we get there. Uh, but that's what's <laughs> coming up on today's show. Plus is a little bit of news. Uh, very little bit, not much, but uh, yeah. It is the it is the uh the show. Welcome into these two forties. It's a very sleep deprived yeah. uh episode for me. I'm not gonna lie, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. Why is that your excuse for not reading Aquaman? Uh that was more of an excuse for not reading Forge. I think I think Forge was higher on the potential <laughs> reading list than Aquaman was. That eighty-page mess was higher on the list than the, than the twenty-page. Then something that was at least gorgeous to look at. Was well, I can remember? Who, who's there? Yeah. Some really nice. Is that Sam Pierre art? Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Well, like yeah, yeah. the last issue didn't leave that much of an impression that I felt compelled. When I was looking at things, I um, went, eh, I don't need I'm, that. I'm gonna be hundred percent honest and a little bit of a tease. I read this early in the week, and uh, I don't remember much of it. I know it looked pretty. <laughs> but we'll get there when we get there. I, so. I remember having one really major complaint about the ending. Yeah. We'll get to that. Okay. Okay. All right. That's uh I'm I'm glad Connor read it though too, so I'm just not just a man unto myself. I did. I you know, I I'll be honest, there there are at least two or three books this week where I was like, I don't really care about reading this. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure I want to. But I I sucked it up and read it anyway. It was it's good of the show, unlike, unlike some people. Connor, you on average, by far, read the least amount of books on this show because you're grumpy and don't want to read things. So don't give me shit because of one week where I decided to give myself an easier time and not read two things I didn't want to. <laughs> I, uh, I, I drop books which I think are bad. I have no problem in saying that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm yeah. not sure what his point is. is it... uh, he still read Red Hood longer than anybody should have before Patreon. <laughs> he, did. he did do that. I had more time back then. Yes. Yeah, shoot. 
Let's mm-hmm. let's read. I read way more books than I should. And this week, you know, I didn't have time for Forge. Probably I didn't enjoy the last one that much. And uh, but I read through in, in an entire day, an entire trade of Brubaker and Phillips Fatal. Yeah, but Fatal's Cause, good. Because I could not stop myself. Like every break at work, that was it. So, you know, add that into everything else that I read this week, and it's far too much. Uh, I don't care. I have a light week. I don't know. Uh, you read yeah, off you also watch more TV than anybody I know. Fair. So, so, so I understand you not having the time uh, for more books. Well, no. I mean, Carl likes to just argue. He did this like twice before we started the show, where he kept correcting things I was saying beforehand, and he wasn't actually correcting me. He was just misunderstanding the point I was making, because he goes looking for things to correct. Uh. Case in point, when I said there I had a late week, all I meant was, yes, I didn't read that much this week. And then he said, no, you only read like four books. Yes, I just said I had a late week. It's literally what I just said. You, you ginger, said it, ginger you sniveling little shit. a light week. And I said, that's because you didn't read half the books. <laughs> I was agreeing with you and making a dig at, at your <sighs> lack of reading Aquaman mainly. Uh, I mean, I don't care about Forge. You, you, you probably made the right choice. Was probably. Aquaman really worth reading that much? At the... You'll well, find out, won't you? <laughs> hey, these these shrugging reactions from Matt are not fulfilling me with the idea that I have made a grievous error and not reading Future State Aquaman. I really want to talk about this week. So that's <laughs> going to take out most of my energy because I absolutely I, loved it. And if you follow me on Twitter, you know what I'm talking about. You know? I do so, follow you on Twitter, but I don't see every tweet you put out, so I don't actually know what you're talking about. But... <laughs> you saying you don't have your notifications turned on for Matt? It's too much about hockey. I can't do that. One of my one of my oldest internet friends does not follow me word for word. I am hurt. <laughs> right here. If you stop tweeting about hockey, maybe I'll pay more attention. I, to I would part. say, at least and if a frog had wings on his ass, he wouldn't bump. It. Wait, I messed that up. If a frog had wings, he wouldn't bump his ass when he hopped. Things just aren't going to happen. I would say at least sixty percent of Matt's tweets are hockey and coffee. That's that's not, yeah. I don't care about coffee either. And I'm like, today's blend is this. It's got a sweetie, yeah. frothy tail. Like, piss off. I, I've learned that. over the course of the year, I like sweet coffees because just by chance, that's what I end up with most. And that's what coffee tastes like to me now. You're just a so. millennial wine taster. That's all you are. Yeah. And I don't drink <laughs> wine because I'm straight edge. So I got to, I got to release the demon some other how. And that's through brewing delicious cups of coffee. Oh, dear. Taro's just a straight-up alcoholic. There's no sugar Look, coating. <laughs> Look, you guys want a coffee and hockey shirt produced, you know, let Pete know. <laughs> I, I I had a, a a busy week at work with extra overtime than I had anticipated every single day. Wait, do you get paid for overtime? I do get paid for overtime. Okay. But it was That's... because it was so busy, they were like, can you stay an extra hour, an extra two hours, you know, multiple days this week. And... I get paid for it, so I'm like, sure. Yeah. If, if I didn't get paid overtime, no, well, no, because you know, I, I have off. a friend. I have a friend that works for a, a rather large company that is forced work to work overtime because of shipment schedules. And to me, I don't think that's le- legal. I think, but apparently, uh, it is. If you know? you're salaried, you can legally do that. Um, right. You know, because you you still get paid your salary regardless of how many hours you do ultimately at the end of the day. But because I'm paid hourly, uh, I'm, I'm you know I literally paid by yeah. the minute. Um, right. So, 
it, it, it's fine. I'll, I get paid for it. So I agreed to do it. But I'm, I was very tired, and I deserve this double old fashioned. So screw you, Pete. Yes, you do. That was the whole point, is you deserve that, your that, drink. Like, I, I deserve this drink. I have, like, had one glass of whiskey all week because I have not had time to sit down <laughs> and enjoy it. Oh, oh, man. The most company's people, going under now. Most people feel exhausted. Most people feel, you know, when they're overworked. No, Kara's just upset he's not had time to drink more booze. That is the... I don't, I don't want to drink loads of booze. I just like having, you know, one glass, maybe two on an evening to sit down and relax and enjoy you know it. it is, and I haven't had time to do that. His before. liver has healed too much this week and he's feeling too much of what his body feels now and he's not used to it and he's not happy about it. So he needs to dull it with booze again. I believe that's called withdrawal. <laughs> Look, screw you. Oh dear. Uh, 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 oh, I'm happy to hear that. This is delightful. Uh, um, I did destroy a computer monitor this week, so I, I had a pretty shitty night on Thursday. That was the thing. It made me uh, feel good. I'm, not, I'm not laughing at your misfortune, but I'm also yeah. not not laughing at your misfortune. So I had to quickly drop a lot of money on a replacement because I couldn't do without something of a similar standard. Yeah, and I, it's good to see that he did not blame the cats. I 100% would have blamed the cats, but, you know, he blamed his own clumsiness. It was me. And, I can't I can't yeah. deny it was anything but me. But, hey, makes it, it is what makes it is. funny. It is what it is. But hey, which is why, if you're watching the video version, there's a, we're back to a different angle. It's actually kind of more like the old angle uh, that we used to have, but... Here we are. So, uh, yeah, uh, let's get to so, some news. It's basically, I mean, Connor's apparently got something to drop on us after I, I tell you about this first thing. But uh, we have teams for the digital, the, the Mailstone books that are coming. Uh, so we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, so Static, which is coming from writer Reginald Hoodlin uh, and Leon. Uh, no, that's the creator, isn't it? Yeah. Sorry, what? Yeah, yeah. That's oh, the character creators. So, sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, no, I was reading the next book, not, not, not static. Oh. I was, re yeah. I was reading because it says the second title, Icon and Rocket, is from writers Reginald Hoodlin. But it does say that under the static preview yes. section. I'll, I'll let you off. That's bad for yes. mine from Newsarama. Yeah, it says, it says static one preview, and then the next thing is this, which is why my I went to the wrong one. So I need to scroll up apparently to get it static. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, Static's coming from writer V. Elia, uh, with artist Nicholas Draper Ivy. Uh, so, this is the six issue book. That's debuting in April 11th with the, the first part. And then we got Static, uh, wait, sorry, we got Icon and Rocket, which is where I was mm -hmm. jumping ahead to. Reginald Hoodlin and Leon Chills. Uh, so that's coming in June 27th, starting with that's uh, the first issue. That's uh, uh, Doug Braithwaite uh, on art. Uh, Leon Chills is a co-writer. Oh, sorry. I think uh, Hudlin is a OG milestone guy, so yeah, which is why I thought maybe he was one of the creators of Static. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's in that generation of them. Yeah, so, so um, might that, just be there to help along. Yeah, that's Icon and Rocket. And then the third book. This is really bad format because they do it with the next part as well. It says Icon and Rocket preview, and then gives I you the. I think that the the. Because that's in bold, that's just referring to the image above it uh, and, and the couple of pages that you can scroll through. If it was like sort of, if I had like a sort of box around the image with that included in the box, maybe, it wouldn't be yeah. as, 
that uh, would be better. Thingy, but you know, that's what it is. And then hardware is the the third book. Uh, and do 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 do. And where's the creative team on this bad boy? Uh, uh, Dennis Callan uh, and Bill. Oh God, this is even worse. This the format in this article is oh, terrible. Yeah. So, yo, uh, Dennis Callan and Bill Sienkiewicz are on art, uh, yeah. which I mean they're really standard, yeah. you know, classic pairing. They've been doing a lot of work together for years. Oh, hold on, um, I want to complain about this format before you start talking about well, the book. Let me just tell you the writer, and then you, and then we. Yes, yeah, so let me know the writer, please. Uh, Brandon Thomas, which you may okay. recognize as the writer of uh, Future State Aquaman. Yeah. Um, so, so, that, that's fine, Brandon Thomas, but the team of Kallus and Sienkiewicz, I don't care about hardware, like, out of all of these, that's the least one, right? I have no connection to that character, but that art team is a little bit tempting. It's gonna look good, yeah. Right, yeah. Pete, don't complain about your formatting, because okay. it is terrible. Uh, this is terrible. So, the way this works is you've got the, the 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 text and the who's on static, and then there's a, a big image of static, and it says static one preview, which leads into the description of the icon and rocket. But the one thing that's consistent, right? Once you've got used to this format, once you've got used to their silly format where the description's in two paragraphs, and then it's the image, and then it's the paragraphs for the next one, it actually changes things up because after the icon and rocket preview text. Right? You're thinking, oh, it's going to go straight into the, the, the third book, Hardware. But there's another paragraph about Icon and Rocket. And then the second paragraph there is the Hardware and, start. And they put the artists before the writers, which is fine, especially as they're the, clearly the bigger names, and that's what you want uh, your, your draw to be. But it just breaks the format of the previous announcements. It's, no. it's badly written, this article, and badly formatted. Now, don't get me wrong. I realize people are saying, you should have read the article before the show. I can, I take that on wrong. board. I take that on board. But you know what? Usually I can weigh it and it's not a problem if the articles are formatted in a very sensible way. This was not sensible. Yeah. No. Be- so, before I actually uh, move on to the other news story, yes. I have a formatting related complaint to talk about. No, no, no. This, formatting this is- and aspect ratios are two things I'd never want to hear again in my life. <laughs> Oh, this is good. This is in regards to the next Batman Second Son. Uh, the first issue from the Digital First series came out this week. Okay, And yes. I, I read it earlier in the week, so I was excited by it. And, and, just thought, to re- and just to remind everyone, we are going to talk about this book once the three chapters that make the first physical book are out. Right. Which is why, I, you know, I'm not here to talk about the, the contents of the or, book. Or two. It's, two or three, whatever it is. I, think, oh, I don't actually know. We'll have to double check. Yeah. Um, I specifically want to talk about the formatting with the uh, the digital format, which I, I tend to not have a problem with. It's the the half pages, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's it's actually like ten pages of content, um, realistically, if you put them onto a full print page. And I, I'm okay with this for the most part. Uh, it works fine for most of the issue until the very final two pages, at which point they are clearly actually drawing it for the print version. Because the final two pages are just literally split in half. It's one full page, almost, not quite a splash. There's an extra little panel at the top, but the, the vast majority is just a splash page, just cut in half. So you have all this, you know, the the, the first, the second to last page is the first half. You have a little panel at the top, and then you have this reveal, which 
does function as the end of an issue reveal with uh, with dialogue, and then the actual last page is just the bottom half of that page, which has no text on it. It's just you know just barring the to be continued. There's no dialogue, no narration. It's just the bottom half of that splash page, and it is very frustrating because I feel like you just lost a page there uh, in terms of the you, you turn the page digitally for nothing. There is no more content. There is no next page because this is still the same page. There is no more panels and it's really glaring. Well, that's uh, not my problem with that from, from what you're saying to me. My, my problem with that is just have it be presented as a, as a regular page right. that has no, the whole no, no. thing. That, that's fine because it is one page and they've just cut it in half for this version. And if they, if they presented it as just one page, that would be fine as well. But they clearly made the decision on an executive level that they do not want to force you to then rotate your screen into a, you know, into a vertical position. They want to keep it this, this landscape view. And you end up with just this split in two page with a pointless final page. Uh, it's horrific. But it is the worst thing in the issue by far. Show you your end landscape if you're reading a digital format book and you'd be switching to portrait. Yeah, I said, I said switch it to vertical. You said, no, you said it's a landscape. Did you not? I said they wanted to keep it in landscape. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that's weird. That's just still that weird. It's really, it's really frustrating, and it's just specific to this digital version. If you, if you ever read the print version, when that comes out, you will not have this problem at all. That's weird. Uh, I, I'm all for them just designing digital books to match the format of regular books, and I've mentioned this many a time. Uh, doing this where they're actively kind of harming the flow of the book by sort of breaking up with that is just even weirder. Like, wait yeah. yeah, it's it's terrible. But anyway, the, the other actual little bit of news is um, there is a new book coming, and it is a, a crossover book. Batman, Fortnite. <laughs> um, no, but this is... There is actually something interesting about this book. I'm not going to interrupt you, but I'm out. No, no, I'm out as well. What I, I'm, <laughs> I'm out. What I'm, what, I have no intention of ever reading this. What is interesting to me is the distribution. Because this is releasing on April 20th. It's the first issue. of It's a six-issue limited series starting April 20th in comic stores and digital platforms in six countries. And those countries are not what you would expect. It's Germany, Italy, Mexico, Brazil, Spain, and the Czech Republic. What's really interesting, though, to me at least, is... Uh, this will then come to DC Universe. Uh, it says US subscribers, but I assume by this point it'll probably have launched everywhere because it's, this is summer. Uh, after the series finishes, it's, uh, it's twice a month, so it'll finish in July. It will then come to DC Universe after that uh, for everyone else. This is such an odd and unique distribution of, of comics that I can't ever remember seeing them doing before that I kind of wanted to mention it. Beyond, I don't care that it's Fortnite. That's irrelevant to this. It's the idea of them releasing in these six countries in their native languages and then bringing it to US platform after that. So that's pretty different, right? It's different. I'm not sure how interesting it is. I, I think it's interesting from a business perspective of DC <laughs> targeting completely different markets first and then just throwing it on their service after. Well, I mean, well, maybe a, it's, they're two of the biggest, like, pop culture names of the last, you know, Batman's always... Yeah, Fortnite the last few years. Is. And, dude, and that comes from me working around middle school age kids. I never want to hear Fortnite or see the stupid dances again. Like, so the fact that it's probably still big in other places, you know, like, I don't know how big it is now because I know, like, 
was that game? Uh, shoot, the one where everyone suspects you being you know, Among the, Us. Yeah, there we go. Feels like Among Us took up all the the uh, energy lately here that I see yeah. in, in all the memes and stuff from where Fortnite was before. Um, but yeah, sure, I, I mean these like the the print issues come with like uh, codes that you can get some DC themed items in Fortnite. Of course. Um, and it, it mentions that the uh, when when it comes to DC Universe Infinite <coughs> and you want to read it on there, it will generate a code for you. Uh, so you can still redeem the items that way as well um, if you're you know, in the US. I just, I just thought it was a very interesting approach with them that they're taking to this, especially with something like, say, Fortnite probably would sell in its own right. Just Batman Fortnite would probably sell in the US anyway, right? I mean, probably. I, I see. I don't know though. Like, who's this book for? Is this book for, like, fans of Fortnite, or is it for fans of Batman trying to get into Fortnite? I, I think. Don't... I think it's fans of Fortnite who are also casually fans of Batman because Batman's just that big. Yeah, and it, yeah. it's uh, it's written by Christoph Cage. Um, Art Scott, mm-hmm. uh, Christian Deuce, a uh, couple others on there that I don't recognize, but Deuce, you know, obviously we we've. Uh, read a fair bit of his work, I think, on this show. Um, Christmas mm-hmm. Gage is, yeah, again, you know, a, a name that I think, uh, from my knowledge, has worked a lot more at Marvel than DC, but it's not like a a no-name person that's attached to this. So, but very interesting to me that they're doing it this way. Uh, not that I'll ever read it, because you know, I don't care, but I, I care yeah. about it from a business perspective as, as being intriguing. I mean, it definitely, it's cool that DC seems to be diversifying in how they're getting stuff out now. I mean, breaking off with Diamond last year, I feel is the first step, mm. right, into into trying new things. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even the cover, like, the first cover is a uh, Yannin with a Rockefeller variant. Well, uh, other variants. Or maybe this is Jim just Lee for the collector's market. Yeah, maybe. like... Because it's going to be really rare if they're only printed in those countries. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess. I, I don't know. I hear Fortnite and my mind just shuts down. I, just, uh... I get it, which is why I didn't want to, you know, th- this is why I didn't share you the article beforehand because you'd just ignore it. But I thought there was interesting business <laughs> discussions to have rather than the actual comic itself. Uh, uh, interesting's a bit, a bit of a strong word here. Uh, I, I would say me, at least. mildly weird is how I'd phrase it. it. Mildly weird. I'll allow it. Did um did anyone want to talk about the Linearverse stuff from Generations if, Forged? If you if you just basically want to boil it down to it's Hyper Time Part Two, right? Basically, um, yeah. I think uh, I think this is clearly what's interesting about it is that this was probably what the plan for five G was originally. Mm-hmm. Um. If anyone who doesn't know, uh, Pete included, by the blank look, um, the Linearverse is a universe where uh, that Batman from Detective 27 that was in right. Generation Shad, I want to say the first one was called, yeah. um, is essentially the exact same Bruce Wayne that we are seeing today. He They, they just age slower. So the world still moves through all the, all the, you know, time progresses as normal. But our characters, our heroes in, in particular, villains, and a couple of other key characters like you know uh, Alfred and Gordon, for example, physically just age slower than normal people, which right. explains is, why I, their longevity is there. Uh, it, it's basically the, an explanation for something that didn't need an explanation. 
Right. Uh, right. I know they, they kind of mentioned that, okay, they didn't outright say this was the plan, but you know, I think it clearly was. Uh, they did say that, no, this fits neatly within the Omniverse, so this is just one one multiverse has the, the Linearverse inside the Omniverse, basically. Um, maybe they'll tell more stories in that in the past, in, in the future. I don't know. Uh, who knows? I know. I know. There's too many things inside it. Yeah, I... It's a rushing nesting doll of continuity, which I'm sure is going to piss off a good chunk yeah. of internet fandom. I, I, I don't even feel like I was being convoluted in saying that. Like That is no. literally the steps. It just sounds so, bizarre. So you have the metaverse and the omniverse and then the dark multiverse and then the linear verse within... And it's just like, okay, just tell stories. Like, this is where we're at. Yeah, yeah I'm like, going to happily ignore this exists until it at some point, uh, all likelihood will get brought up into sure. main continuity by it will be relevant to in, some in story at some point. Time. Yeah. So, I, I know that uh, like Jeff Johns is one of my favorite creators, and I might be a little part more partial to the metaverse. However, I do feel like the metaverse is the best distillation of comic book time that we've gotten in the last you know, generation or so. I get it. The way it of, explains of the shifting stuff. and everything. Uh, yeah. Happening, the different versions. Right. Like, cause, cause it is the closest thing to what's actually going on. Right. Like yeah. different people have different impacts on those same characters and that changes things and it splinters from there. Uh, and so that's how you explain the different versions of Batman say versus them being all the same persons. Like, well, technically they are, but you know, instead of there Superboy is. prime, punching the universe right and it creating those shifts from infinite crisis you know the metaverse is like oh there's been intent here and now it's created a whole branching whereas universe. in the linearverse this is literally the exact same right. person. like like clark kent right. is exactly the same person right. in, you know from action comics one to mm -hmm. whatever the, the last issue of superman in action right. was before future state i don't know yeah okay well i guess that's that's pretty much the news then uh, yeah. <laughs> in terms of actual comic book stuff, uh, I think there was some some minor movie things this week. Maybe did we have that's the Supergirl little, casting? Uh, oh yeah, Supergirl casting happened this week. That's yeah, right. That's, that's cool. right. And uh, before uh, we get to the bigger one, I just thought you know that that would be easily overlooked. Yeah. Well, what's weird is I'm so used to Supergirl being a blonde, right? And so when they cast a brunette actress, it's like, oh, that that's a different take. Right, like honestly, I'm my my reaction to this has nothing to do with who they've cast as Supergirl, and yeah, but obviously, I'll just make it clear: she doesn't need to be blonde. It's fine, to whatever. Right? Yeah, no. Right? Doesn't need to be blonde. Doesn't need to be white. Doesn't need to be a number of different things. My main takeaway from this, because if, if it wasn't clear, because if you haven't heard this story, you might be hearing this and going, "Wait, Supergirl was cast, and what? That's a good question. And what you might ask: Supergirl's been cast in the Flash movie." <laughs> so this flash movie is until proven otherwise i'm expecting a mess if it exists at all that is i thought you were going until until proven otherwise it doesn't exist i mean at least there's a director on because this is the thing they put out a video where the director actually told the actress uh andy muschietti who i do not think is a good director i want you to also point out uh put out a video where he actually told the actress she got the job and then they put that out on social media and people could see how happy she was and it was all very delightful. And it was it was fine. It was heartwarming stuff, whatever. But 
all I see is like too many things in this movie now. Which, by the way, is the Flash going to be in this movie? Because it feels like the thing you want in a Flash movie as little screen time of Ezra Miller as humanly possible. I'm just saying, first ever Flash movie. I would like a lot of Flash in my Flash movie. It's just you know, I'm I'm a simple man. No, I get where you come from, but. Do you want a lot of Ezra Miller in the movie? Well, no. That's but... your choice. Here. You can't. You can, it's, it's, well, it's that's not the only choice. You can give it someone else. It's too late for that. I mean, no. It, the Flash is the ultimate multiversal character. So if they had to recast, like, might as well. You're putting a hat on top of a hat on top of a hat at this point. Well, there, I, mean, I, I, like... I would not be surprised if by the end of the movie, it's a they've recast. Well, I mean, we don't even have to explain it away. They're already doing multiverse stuff. It's just, it's just a different Barry we're starting with. I mean, everything else has been so disconnected from the rest of this quote-unquote shared universe that who gives a shit? And besides, it's too late for that. How is it too late for that? This movie was better to be out in 2018. Look, nothing's not, too late. I, I meant too late for that in the sense that they've clearly made up their minds that they want to continue with Ezra Miller, at least for this movie. That's what I meant by that. Not... Not that it is physically time has gone on too far that we can't have Juno, Juno, it's very lately impossible that by the time this movie actually comes out that it will be a decade since they announced him. He was announced, he was announced to play The Flash in 2014. And I know that because it was the same day the TV show premiered. Just let that thought sink in your head a little bit. Which is like finishing soon, probably. Oh, we don't know that. I mean, it's on season, what, seven? I said probably. Nate, I don't know. It seems to be... I think it's going into season seven now. I mean, I don't know. It seems to be... They've not announced it's the last season, and they have announced everything else is finishing as the last season, so I suspect it's getting at least a season eight. Uh, Yeah. All I know is this actress. Her name's Sasha Kaye. Uh, She's on soap operas, I guess. This this is the thing. I have no hot takes on her casting, because I have no idea who she is. I have... I I mean, I, I... I have no idea of her acting yeah. ability, so I've got nothing no. No, me neither, and that, that's that's what I wanted to get to. I'm like, if you know, not not to say that soap actors aren't you know capable of becoming more. I just it, it's one of those things where it was like, oh, okay, yeah, I have yeah. nothing to base this on. No, I, you know, it's kind of almost like starting on. So I mean, well, like, yeah, Margot I mean, Robbie's a good recent example. I think I think a better example of Sarah Michelle Gellar, who of course was on the hit television show Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Cool, Supergirl, Flashpoint, yay. I don't know if yay is the right word for that. But. I, yeah, whatever. I good. I'm 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 glad DC still or Warner Brothers is tr- still trying to make positive news, you know, and, and stuff. I just you know, uh. do, do I talk about the other probably bigger news? Yeah, superhero movies. Is this the potentially Black Superman? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Okay, so J.J. Abrams, we we'd heard rumblings that J.J. was going to produce a new Superman movie, right? Yeah. Uh, and so now it was officially announced he's producing and bringing in Ta-Nehisi Coates. That's to... the part that excites me more because he's he's writing and obviously uh, you know people may know yeah. he, he's been writing uh, Black Panther and Captain America. For Captain America. The last few also years. Also a a novelist and a cultural. Novelist, uh, journalist, I believe he wrote a lot yeah, of uh, big pieces. Uh, I haven't read any of his non-comics work. Uh, me neither. I, I do have a couple of his stuff, just haven't got around to yeah, it. Yeah, I want to. That said, I've been reading his cap from the beginning, and it is a very good distillation of this country over the past yeah, you know, his, five his years or so. Is, 
phenomenal. I think his Black Panther is very good, from what yeah, I've read. I haven't read any of that. About halfway through his run, give or take. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it's as good as his Captain America, though. I think his Captain America is spectacular. Yeah, it's it's very very good. Um, he just he gets the character, which as a fan of Superman, I have reiterated that if the MCU and uh, Marcus and McFeely can make Man Out of Time Steve Rogers work in modern time. There's zero excuse why we can't get a Superman, you know, that has the same kind of vibes as he's still kind of a Boy Scout, but yeah. in the modern times, that's what makes him work. And as, so as critical as I am of the MCU, that version of yeah. Captain America is relatively faithful and is also the closest we could, we have kind of got to on-screen Superman uh, before yeah. maybe last week. Yeah, um, so, so, yeah um, it makes sense. But but yeah, so when when I add all that up and I, I think about what this project could be as a Superman fan, it's very exciting. You know, I have I have no I don't have big issues with JJ. I know other people do. Um, you know, he made me enjoy Star Trek. What, what can I say? I'm, you know, I'm glad he's Star not Trek rating it. I'd be concerned yeah, if he was rating yeah. it. Me too. But he's he is a pretty decent producer, right? So like, I don't know if this is gonna be a bad robot. Type deal? It probably or is. It's just, yeah, he's producing this bad robot. So like, but he's he's he's, he's, he's kind of irrelevant though. I mean, producing doesn't really yeah. mean that whole much in terms of the actual final product. So what no, we're really but... looking at is writer and directing, and we don't know who's directing it yet. But it's no. JJ. I mean, if he was directed, the set, it would least... have done. And yeah. I'm I'm glad that he's probably not. I, I think he needs a break direct. after Rise of Skywalker. I just, you know. Just yeah. produce and, and do other stuff. Tana go, has... go make a, something like Felicity. Tani like... Coates is a very positive sign. Um, yeah. Because that, that news broke first, and then the rumors of it being a black Superman came after, and it kind of just sort of clicked together, like, oh, that makes some sense. You know, you, Tani, no, obviously, Tani Coates can write any version of any character. He's, he's yeah, doing Captain America that's... right now. But That's... it makes a lot of sense that if you're going to go that direction, that you bring in a writer with a journalistic background who has done a lot of journalism in that particular area to actually come in and lend the voice to Which that character. I think his uh, journalism background is probably the thing that leans me to assume most of all that it will still be Clark Kent. Because yep. there's been a lot of um, theories that uh, that it'll be Val Dodd. Um, from mm -hmm. the uh, Tom Taylor Earth 2 stuff, which, don't get me wrong, I'd be all for. But I do think his journalism background leans towards me thinking Clark Kent more than anything. Yeah. Um, I know I know. there's a lot of speculation that it'll be uh, Michael B. Jordan, oh, right? Well, and we know that, that Michael B. went and pitched a Superman project maybe a year, year and a half ago. It was yep. longer than that. I'm this. pretty sure it was longer than that, but yeah. Was it longer than that? I just remember. It's yeah, it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was more like three or four years ago, I think. But Oh, shoot. Dang. Time's weird um, these days. It is. But, look, whatever it is, I just want a fresh Superman. I don't care. You know, I want Superman that's representative of the character I enjoy from the comics. And, really, I've yet to get that as an adult. <laughs> like, Superman Returns was just, you know... <laughs> I, I, it was Reeve again. And it wasn't. I don't feel like it. It landed. Um, it wasn't bad. No, oh, but it's no, not like rephrase. it's not. It's not good. It's probably bad, but it's not terrible. Yeah, like it's so. You know, and then you know the whole other stuff, which I don't want to get into right now. It just it's not. It doesn't. You know, make me feel good as a Superman fan. Let's put it that way. 
to to see that character not acting like himself uh you know so i i trust in coats and again whoever the director is going to be whoever they get the star like i just hope that they nail if it is clark kent that it feels like clark and superman you know i think even that, that's what's been missing Valzod, it still has to feel like superman i think that's right that's... because he is still superman right so um but yeah Again, whatever it is, I'm very open to this. I don't. I had a friend text me yesterday with my thoughts. I was like, it's hard to have thoughts just based off of the writer, you know, because the, the the script, you know, that is a very key piece. But I kind of need to know who's directing and who's starring too, so I can get a bead on what to expect. So yeah, it, honestly, I, I do think Coates has a very strong voice though that could shape yeah. this quite significantly. Honestly. Yeah, I, I'm like, yeah, great. Like, honestly, the world's ready and needs mm-hmm. a different type of Superman. Like, by all means. So I don't want to say I don't care, per se, because that makes it sound like I don't care about that. I actually do care about that mm-hmm. from that perspective, where I think it's a good idea. As far as the movie goes, though, and being excited or being hopeful, honestly, DC Warner Brothers have not earned my trust or faith in anything and will not have for a while, I imagine. So, as of right now, I am uh, cautiously optimistic. Cautiously yeah. optimistic. Well, which, that's where I've been for years now. I even hear I what Carr said there. Comes out, huh? I even hear what Carr said there, but he's smirking after oh. us, so it was probably some dumb joke. That's, made a dig, that's, a, that's a probably pretty great. So. It was trash. They, they right, move something. on. Yeah. No, it was right, trash. Like, it was not trash. <laughs> the, the movie itself, it was fine. It just wasn't a Birds of Prey. It was a Harley like, Quinn movie, and it was a Harley Quinn movie. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, it, so, but like, I want everything. When I go and sit down to watch a DC Warner Brothers movie, I want it to be good. I never go in there, and with the exception of a couple, uh, <laughs> wanting to, to, well, maybe to fail. Maybe one upcoming one next month. Uh, yeah, well, even then, uh, man. Um, but anyways, I, I want them all to be good. So cautiously optimistic, and I generally like JJ. I love Coates from his his Captain America run. So if that's any indication. It, it makes me feel a lot better, you know. Now, if they could just get a, a director that you know that inspires me more, then we're we're great. It's the most positive announcement in a while, though. Still, like even even if it is just a writer, it's like okay, I, it's it's a direction that I like, as opposed to <laughs> I don't know. I haven't heard anything that I like the sound of from like this Flash movie, for example. I don't even know what they're right. coming after that because I I can't keep track these days. They've announced about a million projects. Like who knows what's yeah. actually happening over well, there. I, I feel the same way with this one as when they announced Matt Reeves' Batman, right? Oh, that's kind of like, shit, yeah. Yeah, so, like, with Matt Reeves' Batman, I was like, oh, I like Matt Reeves. His his Apes movies have been really good, you know? Uh, so, yeah. It's, yeah. it's like uh, James Gunn's Suicide Squad. It's like, I mean, I don't yeah. care about Suicide Squad, really, but mm. it's a James Gunn movie. I'll probably enjoy it. I'm more excited right. for that than anything else. Mm-hmm. So, um. But yeah, I just want to I, I want to look forward to stuff and not as of right now, I dread and I don't want to feel the dread anymore. You know, I mean, I just... Suicide Squad's their next actual release, right? I think so. That sounds right. I mean, I don't feel dread per se. I just kind of feel apathy. Like, I, I just I, I'm not getting excited about anything they're doing. And mm-hmm. yeah, uh, it, it was funny. Is I would even say I'm excited for Marvel stuff either. It's kind of a weird thing where 
I just kind of trust that, and for the most part, I know that most of the things that pop up will probably be quite enjoyable or good. But they'll turn out fine. But I, I don't find myself having hype for Marvel movies that we know are vaguely coming in like three years, and admittedly, unlike DC, I know they're actually probably coming. <laughs> yeah, obviously, the, the latest delays are exceptional circumstances. Yes. For the most part, though, it's been... The only things I can think they really cancelled were... It was uh, around the time that Netflix was doing their stuff and Inhumans shifted. Yeah, it was around that. There's a bit of a, a period there where things weren't quite as stable as always, but that's about it. Yeah. I mean, no, regardless whenever they get back to releasing movies, whatever was going to be in year three of phase four, I fully believe will be in year three of phase four. Uh, uh, there's, there's no concern about that. Mm. Whereas we did DC movies... Okay, so the next couple are locked in because they've already been shooting and because they've got things ready, but everything beyond that point, it's like... Uh, yeah, I, I pretty uh, much believe in Suicide Squad and Batman, and anything after that is, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Yes. Even, even this Flash movie, which, you know, they're, they're, they're adamant is happening, but, I mean, who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so, it's fine. Because I saw, you know, I saw a lot of positivity, and I'm glad people are happy about some of these announcements. Positivity about Supergirl. Obviously, there's a lot of shithead negativity as well. But a lot of, but a lot of positivity. And some of that almost, it does get lost on me as well, where people are so happy and are saying, oh, I'm, you know, she's going to be great. She's going to nail it. She's going to do all this. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm glad you're excited. and I'm glad these things. But nothing nothing about this also, also tells me that there's anything about this is going to be good either. Like, is this, okay, fine, right? Let's right. see what's going to happen. I'm not, I'm not just believing in it going to be good because I want it to be good. Yeah, right. Uh, I That's how I felt. I remember having arguments with people when The Flash show first started, and people were just excited when, like, names were dropped, characters they recognized. Mm. Or, like, I had big problems with their Captain Cold early on and just the characterization. And someone was like, I'm just happy Captain Cold's on the screen. And I was like, yeah, man, but, like, you need a little bit more than that. I mean, right. I like their Captain Cold, well, he, but not as even, Captain Cold it, 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 as an yeah. adaptation, if that makes sense. I, I I feel like they finally hit that niche in Legends of Tomorrow with that version of, of Lynn. Um, I, I, don't think know, he, I don't think he ever became real Captain Cold, but... No, but that was closer than what we had gotten early on in The Flash that, you know... Um, but yeah, so I just remember, like, I don't know, it kind of seems, I don't say egotistical, but like we need to expect a little bit more. In, in a way, like, it's almost a you know? good thing we're getting to a point where there's not a lot of first left because now they can't just rely on, oh, people will be excited because the name is being yeah. used. Um, right. So mm. uh, maybe it's a good thing that. Well, because, I mean, get it all out of the system. De definitely, right. like, the bad characters are definitely at that point. I, I remember when they yeah. announced, oh, hey, we've got a new Commissioner Gordon, we've got a new, uh, you know, Cobblepot, and all that. And I'm like, yeah. I, I, I've went through this like four or five times now where you've announced a new Commissioner Gordon. It, it doesn't mean anything anymore, yeah. other than just, oh, that's a cool pick or not. But it's not like, oh my God, they've cast a Commissioner. Like, no. I've yeah. literally done this multiple times. Uh, even just in my later life, like just going from the like Batman Begins on, I remember Oldman being announced. I remember uh, whatever his face is from Gotham being announced for the TV show. I remember awesome. uh, Simmons being announced for Batman v Superman. And then, of course, so there's at least four. You know, counting I, Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Wright for Wright is thingy is number objectively four. Objectively, for me, the most exciting pick, because I'm like, oh, because I, I probably like him the most out of all of these people so far. But also, I'm not like, 
oh, I knew Gordon. I'm not like excited by that either. I'm just yeah, like, oh, I, like, I really like Jeffrey Wright. <laughs> I, yeah, I like Jeffrey Wright a whole lot. What's he going to do with that character? The, the, I, I, I'm more like, interested in that. I love his stuff ever since, I think, probably since I saw him in Casino Royale. Yeah. Uh, which is what, 2005? He's... I remember he was yeah. in that, but fair he, enough. He was Felix Leiter, goddammit. I don't know who that is. Yeah, but we don't, Connor. We're not Bond nerds like you I, are. I know. He, he's, he's, he's Bond's C, uh, CIA counterpart, essentially. Yeah. I didn't know that existed, but sure. Um, yes. Anyway, <laughs> anyway I, do you remember how Jack J.K. Simmons got for <laughs> for his Gordon, and then we barely like nothing. ever see him? <laughs> I was like, kind of want to see Jacked old Commissioner Gordon a little bit. Like, and now Simmons he's just had some guns. James said again. He was, he was yeah, also like, in a, he was also like heavily dressed in like in a, like a coat the entire time. Yeah. It's not like you ever Stephen got him in a shirt. He was always in a no. coat. And I was Can like, are we gonna have Commissioner Gordon him, like bench pressing Batman? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, we're we gonna get him throwing uh, handsome like uh, lariats on goons in Gotham. <laughs> I'm like, just imagining Bruce you know, as Batman because was he announced, was it for BVS or was it just for no, Justice it was, League? It was for Justice League. Oh damn it! I was almost yeah. imagining for for BVS him going, "Hey Gordon, I need I need your hand with a dude. Come join in the fight." <laughs> they become the predator meme, and it's it's Affleck and Simmons just flexing, mm. you know. Yeah. Uh, oh man, funny. comics are fun, guys. <laughs> They're supposed to be anyway. Yeah, right. Like, uh, I gotta watch Star Girl still. Yeah, that, that, that girl's pretty good. Oh, which, pretty good. real quick, uh, and then we can move on. I just, I feel like when Pete was talking about we're past like the first and stuff, I feel like that's Doom Patrol took full advantage of that because Doom Patrol is so weird. <laughs> at points, you're kind of like, what even am I watching? It's not even like a, a comic book thing, you know. Like you can really just get lost in the TV show. Yeah, I mean, just look at this way, right? Let's assume. Marvel get their next take on Fantastic Four right. Mm-hmm. This will be the third on-screen movie version. Well, technically fourth if you get the watch a current one. I was going to say. But yeah, let's ignore that. Let's ignore that. Just out of the actual released <laughs> that's, versions. That's, that's very generous of you. Right. Let's, yes. let's do what society collectively decide. Uh, right. But as it, well, t- technically it was never released. You can only get it via bootleg, so it's not like it ever actually officially came I, out. I remember seeing it at a Comic-Con for the first time, and it was like Indiana Jones looking at the Holy Grail. I also wasn't spending fifty dollars for a VHS. Uh, of course, <laughs> right? But let's assume they get that right. That'll be the third Doctor Doom. It'll be the third version of Fantastic Four and big budget movies. It'll be the third version of everything, and it'll just be if they do get it right. I mean, obviously, people make joke that third time's a charm, but <laughs> ultimately, yeah. it's just about being good at that point. It's not just yeah. about oh, we have the names, we're going to do the thing, um, and do it wrong. And the cases where, like, they did something for the first time and they nailed it the first time, it's great when that happens. It really is. But I'm just... So many people... There's a lot I, less examples of that. I, I see a lot of people on Twitter being so, like, defensive because they, they hang their identity on certain characters, so they have to... Yeah. I don't know. It's... it's I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm just getting grumpy. And I'm grumpy yeah, right no, now because I'm I, tired. I but, too, but, like, <laughs> like, but in general... My, my parting words are, hey, MCU... Give me more, man, you cowards. That, that's that's weird. I don't that's want the Doom. hill you want to die on. I want more, man. I mean, Jason Alexander's free, so I mean, I don't see why they can't, but. Oh my god. Oh my god. George Costanza, more, man? 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Tell me that's not something you want to watch. Uh, or either that or George Costanza Stilt Man. I mean, either one I think would yeah. would, would work. Uh, for me, but hey, mm. <laughs> I'm not even sure that would draw me back into the MCU at this point. And that's not saying something. Hey, I uh, whatever. Let's let's move. Let's move, let's move on before let's I bring up the division made me cry. Well, <laughs> it was very uncomfortable in my house. <laughs> That's why I hate bringing up the goddamn movies because they always send us down a spiral. Uh, downward spiral again. It's funny, like, I feel like with comic books, well, I mean, yeah, comic book fans can get a little, uh, you know, annoyed in, in pockets like any fandom, but I feel like whenever we bring up the movies, like, all the worst things I hate about social media start flooding into my brain. Well, that's mainly associated with one particular group, though, let's be honest. No, it's not because everything I complained about today had nothing to do with Snyder fans. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. It was more true. general things. Um, it's almost like social media was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure I've been down this path before. Skynet, Skynet's alive, and it's it's social media. Oh, it's destroying yeah. us from within, though. No missiles. We're just gonna, you know. Twitter doesn't need missiles. No. Yeah. Well, um, look look forward to content coming up at the Snyder Cut next month, everyone. Look forward to it. Oh, you do it. So. Four hours, one minute and twenty-three seconds. <laughs> one minute and twenty. I don't know why that's the funny part to me, but the fact that you know this because it stuff. is. I read that today or yesterday that the because everything's news in twenty twenty-one. The official <laughs> runtime was announced, and it was four hours, one minute and twenty-three seconds. And I, I was like, I have one uh, question before we move on, and I promise this is the last question. Matt, are you yes. watching it? Like, look. Yes, he is. He knows he is. If, I, if I'm on the street and I see a train run into a semi-truck, am I not supposed to There's a difference between you being on I'm the street throwing... and it happening and you being like, ooh, look at that. I, I'm not and leaving actively going out of your thinking... way to watch the train crash. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this much. I'm not watching it in one go. I have better things to do with my life. Uh, <laughs> that, that weekend, also, they're dropping Superman the Animated Series on HBO Max. Uh, which will be the first time I've watched it since I was a kid. So I'm very excited for that one. Give me the so, HD Blu-ray remasters like Batman the Animated Series. Yes. Coward. Yeah. So, so also Falcon and Winter Soldier, I believe, starts that, that weekend. I, and that's that, like the 19th. Yeah. Yeah, that's the same like weekend. Uh, yeah, my, I, I hope those episodes are longer because there's only six of them. Yeah. I, I Whatever it is, I'm far more excited for that than I am for this other thing. So... But like, again, I, well, you're more excited for that than Snyder Cut. I'm shocked. I, I Who am, could have predicted I, that? I am technically more excited for that in that I I, 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 I like could watch it, but mm-hmm. I, I don't. I mean, I'm probably not gonna watch either. But I'm definitely like not not watching one of them. Like, yeah, where where you know, Fallen Winter Soldier? I mean, sure, I could watch it. Well, I, of, I wouldn't hate myself. Out of pure curiosity, I might start it. Doesn't mean I'll finish it, and if I do, that's a lie. I probably won't talk about it, which of course I have to talk about it. But you know, I can't help myself. <laughs> so what we established uh, is Matt's definitely gonna watch it. He's definitely gonna talk about it. But I might, it might just be to you guys. I might just be like, guys, I need help. Not so bad. We'll set a yeah, recording time. Just, you know, we'll we'll set a recording time. We can talk to each other about it on camera. If you give Matt yeah. a schedule and a deadline, he's never gonna watch it. No, I'll spring it on him after he's watched it. Once he's already done the work. <laughs> 
And he's going to be so impassioned and wanting to rant about it oh, that he's man. never going to turn it down. I don't know if you guys remember. I don't know if that the thing is still up, but when we talked about the first trailer for BBS, mm-hmm. it it was it had dropped late on like a Sunday, and I was getting ready to go to bed. And Pete coaxed me into coming and talking about it. <laughs> and it's just me sitting in the dark, angry like this. I remember the, the initial review that, that me and Pete did for that. It was before the, the full review went up. I don't even know. Again, I don't know if this is still there. But me and Pete both went to a midnight showing. Mm-hmm. And... Worst mistake of my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And uh, midnight showing, uh, UK time. So we were earlier than everyone else. And we, we got yep. back and we were both like, we need to do, we need to do this right now, and we were just so angry the entire time. Yeah. So um, yeah, I expect that. I mean, it could be good just for my. It might be like therapy where I just it might be skew good. everything, everything that just is upsetting me. I love how in the space of about two weeks, Matt's waiting for. Me. I'm definitely not watching it. And I'm definitely not doing any sort of podcasting on it. And today it's more like, well, I'm probably going to watch it. And I'll probably need to nice. talk about it. Why are we surprised? I say this every week about I'm not going to read as many books as I do. <laughs> I have self-control issues. It's why I'm not. No, 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 no. You did really well this week. You didn't read Generations Forged. No, because I read a full book of Fatal. That's the whole reason. Yeah, but I that's good. I five issues of an old book. Yeah, but that's a uh, good book. Whereas it Forged is. is so good. Guys, if, if you like noir and horror, go read Fatal. It's fantastic. Basically. I'm Peter. Basically, Pete, have you read it? If if you like I, anything, go and read any Brubaker and Phillips book. It's true, bloody good. True. I read. But Pete, have you the fade out? No, no, no. Fatal. Fatal. Oh no, Fatal. I read the first couple issues of Fatal, and I have to admit, I wasn't feeling it. Okay. It's tough. I, I would go back you know and visit. It's yeah. It's. I've liked everything. Anything else I've tried by Brubaker, I want to make clear though I've liked. So it's, it's just that's the outlier. Because I've, I've heard the same with Fatal, and that's why I was so hesitant, but my shop had all five trades on a deal, so I got them for essentially a quarter of the price. You're, you're enjoying it, right, Matt? Oh my god. It's, uh, I, I, do, I have heard other people say it's thing their... I've read. Yeah, but I've heard it's other a... people say it's their least favorite Brubaker Phillips yeah. work, and yeah. maybe that's even true for me, but I still think least favorite in their works is still such a high bar, though, that I, I still think is a fantastic book. Yeah, it's almost good yeah. as a Bendis Rosmo joint. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> this, to be honest, I, I made all this talk. Oh, it's a long week. That's why I needed this double old fashioned. It's because I had to read bloody Bendis Legion of Superheroes. Hey, real quick, do you do you muddle the sugar cube or do you add simple syrup? I use uh, Demerara syrup. Okay, so you use syrup. Okay, I do. Be, cool. I mean, because sugar cubes are not that common and accessible over here uh they're not easy to buy yeah i'm like shocked with the tea culture you can no no you can buy them wholesale for like cafes and stuff but generally speaking we just use uh granulated sugar and we'll just spoon spoons in yeah uh Mm -hmm. so cubes are not a common thing over here in Mm. households which is why really buy them in shops so syrup's easier Mm, easy easy I'll have you know, I've got a lament configuration, so cubes can be found in households in the UK. Thank you very much. I didn't say they can't be found. I said they're less common. I don't think Connor got my joke there. No, I, I missed the first part of it. What was it? I said I've got a lament configuration in my house, so cubes can be found in the UK. I don't get it. 
It's the cube from Hellraiser, Matt. It's a cube. We've been over this. I haven't seen Hellraiser. <laughs> <laughs> Car said cubes uh, aren't that common in the UK. And I was joking that there's plenty of cubes. He, see, he was being specific about sugar cubes, and I was expanding it and saying, no, the shape, the cube does exist. It's not like there's just no cubes. There's like everything's a sphere here, or everything's a hexagonal thing. To be fair, everything should be. Who the hex? Like on WandaVision. I like on WandaVision, yes. Uh, Steve, you done the review for the new episode yet? I have. I recorded it uh, last night. It's going up later today. Okay, cool. Because I, I, I just noticed it hadn't gone off. I, just, I didn't know if he was still doing nah, it. No, I put out Superman and Lois first because it was, it was late because Connor uh, kept uh, working Because I kept doing goddamn times. overtime. <laughs> I didn't get home till like 3 a.m. the other night when we were supposed <laughs> to record. Whiskey ain't going to bite itself, like, Pete. <laughs> it was 3 a.m. I was like, and and it was three AM and I was back in at twelve the next day and all that. That's how he uh, he calculates his overtime. He looks at he looks and goes, Oh, this is a X number more units of alcohol I can afford. Do you want know though? If I was to judge it by how much whiskey I went for if I was looking at a nice bottle of whiskey, that's like a full day's pay. Like easily, if I want to buy a really nice bottle. Like as opposed to just ah, eh, that'll do. That's a couple of uh, couple hours. I remember telling my friend about Pappy Van Winkle and how much it costs, and he goes all right. <laughs> well, yeah, we're officially yeah. gone too far. That's that's scary high. Um, yeah, but I mean, no, I I remember being in uni and the 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 common amount, you know, the way of judging cost was how many pints is that? That was the <laughs> conversion rate of like how many pints can I get in a pub for that? And yeah, and oh, and you you obviously and it's it's regional because you know like if you're in London, the pint in a pub costs way more than where I was, and and even where I am, it depends which pub you go. Okay, well, I can get six pints for that. That's this isn't worth it. That that was the the metric on which value was judged. So that's just uni culture. I think for me it was Blu-rays, but that's you know <laughs> different strokes. I, I, I'm sure every, everyone has their own metric. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know about comic book? In case you're unaware. Shit, all we know. Look, uh, we knew after far. last week, uh, last month rather, that week four this month was going to be a bit of a weird one because week four mostly had the books from Future State that weren't as interesting. And, and let's be honest, we're all kind of a bit burnt out on Future State. It's last week, pretty we're, much. We're ready to get back to normal. I mean, maybe I'm speaking out of line by you know saying that for all of us. I know, I I'm ready. Like I'm ready. Collectively ready for real books again. I'll tell you, I want more of a certain book, so... Uh, Matt, I'm right there with you. Sure. Matt, Matt, yeah, yeah. And, uh, earlier in the week, was like, hey, have you read this book yet? Because you're going to goddamn love it. Yeah, Suicide Squad, yeah. And, and oh. I, I have to admit, very excited based on exactly what Matt told me, and it delivered. Yeah. Well, all right, cool. So, that, that's a segue. That's been acting, man. Okay. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> a little bit comics. <laughs> Let me note this down for uh, timestamp purposes. Uh, noting down, uh, or David can find it himself. Wapa! Alright, so. <laughs> Future State, Dark Detective, issue 4. By various people. Main story by Mariko Tamaki and Dan Mora uh, specifically. So, this is uh, wrapping up, although with a cliffhanger. So, not really that wrapped up. Uh, mm hmm. And this is the the we actually get a glimpse of uh, number one, Peacekeeper one uh, in the first couple yeah. of pages of this, which 
don't recognize who that is at all. Yeah. Do you know what he was reminding me of? And I don't think it is him, but it was making me think of Kate Kane's dad. I was getting a bit of him. Oh, I could see it. Yeah. Yeah. I think hey, what got... if he's a Kane? Yeah, no, honestly, that is probably the best. It's got to be Kane, yeah. Matt. It's got to be Kane. I, I'm assuming well, just, that's a wrestling reference. It was, I, yes. that no, well, head. yeah, it that was. that part is, but <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that makes sense. Military, compl- you know, completely structured. I, I think the you know. problem is, I don't think this is supposed to be someone we're supposed to recognize after all, because no. there is no hint no, but... as to. Even though it treats it like a reveal for us, like oh, look at his face mm-hmm. at last, and I, and and we've been speculating for weeks. Mm-hmm. Oh my anyway, so, um It doesn't actually ever say their name. It doesn't. It doesn't. You know, do the the thing that comics usually do, where someone will then speak to him and use his actual name, and it'll be mm-hmm. bolded so that you know it's important. It never does that, which makes me think that this probably isn't. Uh, you know, Kane is probably someone no. entirely. It's someone new. The important but, thing, though, the important thing to know is that he is ginger, and that's yes. the key detail to uh, no, uh, Look, we're secretly ruling the world. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because uh, it's, it's, it's the crazy old man's daughter. Uh, she's at work. She hears these orders mm-hmm. about tracking what drones have went missing. And uh, we find out throughout the issue that she is actually building intel. She's actually recording conversations. Mm-hmm. The idea that she can eventually take down the company, take down the magistrate. Because they are trying to control everyone and have a you know completely controlled police state where Big Brother's always listening, all that kind of stuff. The stuff we've been playing with. Uh, yep. Bruce is using the the place, the apartment, as a trap to lure them in, uh, and he's making sure that the old man's safe. Uh, so, so he actually drugs her as well when she comes in, demanding to know where her father is. Uh, <laughs> so he takes a, takes them out to a van where they're passed out, uh, lures in a bunch of drones, and blows blows them up. Uh, a magistrate, or so I, I keep. I keep wanting to say magistrate number one. He's not magistrate. He's peacekeeper no, no, he's number peacekeeper one. one yes. for the magistrate. Yes, and, and the magistrate is an organization, not Mission, a person. Not a person. Yes, uh, but I keep almost saying magistrate number one. But peacekeeper number one uh, is like he's alive. It's him. This is the, 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 the Batman. He's here. The damn Batman. Yes. Uh, so she's not necessarily thrilled about being knocked out, but uh, they kind of you know have a bit of common ground when he realizes what she's been doing and he's does he actually say that he's batman i don't think he actually says that no he misses bruce wayne he doesn't make his batman <laughs> he's like i'm bruce wayne yeah um and so he yeah he goes to goes to the the magistrate's building and starts causing chaos uh but so does she uh, against his orders she also shows up and tries to get more uh more evidence uh mm-hmm. that she can broadcast to the world and sort of reveal who they are and what they're doing uh, but there's a self-destruct and Peacekeeper 1 and Batman get into a fight. As... Peacekeeper 1 knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Right. Which we kind of we knew that because of because remember when Batman was like, oh, he knew that killing Bruce Wayne meant Batman was dead. So... Right, right. Which right. I think lends more credence to your Kane theory. I don't think it's the dad Kane, but if, you know, if it's a, a family member, that makes a lot of how sense. Many, how many Kanes are there left? I was, gonna, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure it's not Kate. No, not because we've seen Batgirl or Batwoman. Yes, in, in the future state stuff. So, but no, but no, I I do think like just yeah, she's the, in Nightwing. Oh yeah. yeah. So no, I definitely think that that you know this definitely is going to occur in Tamaki's run. 
I think. Oh, for sure. You know, I, I think a lot of this is seeding things that will be in that run in, in the same way that we were talking about, uh, you know, like Tynan's picking up a lot of, okay, this is the, the birth of the magistrate systems and, you know, everything that, like that. I do suspect that Tamaki stuff will be, okay, we're, we're going to establish who this Peacekeeper one is and, and go from there. Yeah. yeah, I suspect so. Wait, wait, I, isn't, I, um, oh. isn't Tynan doing Peacekeeper one? Oh, or was that, just a, or was that uh, was just a general Batman? I, I'm not entirely thing. sure. Okay. Yeah. But uh, I, I do actually really like the sequence towards the end here where the fight's happening because the, the countdown is happening on each page. Uh, sort of the distorted digital clock. Yeah, it starts at about three minutes or so, I think, right? Or yeah. It and it just it sort of jumps down in sort of, you know, random increments uh, as, like, everyone's, like, you know, the, the, the woman, the daughter's running from the building, she swallows her USB drive so that the 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 droids and whatnot don't, don't get to it. Uh, Batman's fighting Peacekeeper 1, a lot of explosions. Uh, the art is really good in this issue. It, the only thing that suffers with the art is that I get so used to having those gorgeous pages of Batman against all the neon lights, and there's, yeah. not, there's not a lot of that in this issue just because there's of no, what's there's happening. There's not a lot of that, but that's not a fault of the art, really. No. It's just a fault of the locations they're in, that it yes. doesn't right. call for it. I do think the art is but, very pretty. the best it, part of the story, though. It also shows some restraint on the creative team to be like, hey... Those looked rad. We should do that all the time. That, like, um, you know, that page near the end where she's, uh, you know, getting the uh, USB stick in. Um, I think the the colors and that it's so like flat with all these like reds and oranges. It's absolutely gorgeous. And then it's followed by this uh, two page splash with everything kind of shattered. Uh, you know, with uh, all the panels in various places. Uh, absolutely gorgeous. Because I actually think the story is relatively unfulfilling yeah. as an ending for this four-part story i'm like yeah okay it, it, ended, it ended with i mean it ends with a bang literally because the building explodes but yes <laughs> it, but it doesn't end with like a big like meaty kind of moment that i thought it would in the sense that I, I, I like this ending if this was just like part four of six i'd be like yes this makes sense right but uh it's technically the end of this for now which makes me think that we're definitely going to get a continuation of this even this part of the timeline whether that's in detective whether that's in that future state gotham book at some point yeah i agree with that we'll probably get more but as just a four issue series in its own right it's this ending is relatively underwhelming but the art is goddamn gorgeous Uh, Mm -hmm. especially at the end here of this issue where it is you know building up to these these final few pages i think they are some of the best pages in this issue I do think it makes me quite confident about Tamaki on Detective, though. I never really had much worry about that, though. <laughs> Neither did I, admittedly, because I like her work anyway, but, uh, you know. The... It, it was always Tamaki and... Is, is Samora doing that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I thought so, because uh, I know Once a Future, which he's doing with Gillen, is taking a three-month break between arcs, presumably so he can do the first arc of Detective. So we'll probably only have him for an arc, admittedly, but... Um, yeah, that, I mean, that team alone is... Uh, that that was enough to get me on board without these four issues. Yeah, so... Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was well written. I thought it was paced very well. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though... Yeah, I mean, ultimately the story of these, these four chapters isn't really much other than just... This is the type of police state. This is sort of the, the nanotech they're using to spy on everyone and Batman's trying to wage war on them. So that's ultimately what okay. the whole story boils down to. Yeah. That's and... a bit disappointing for me. Uh, it, it's kind of hard when you have like this whatever future state is you know you only have a limited time to tell stories so I kind of between this and even the next Batman they don't 
feel like contained stories. Yeah, they're, they're, they're clearly the start of something that's continuing yeah, in some form. Weird, I think the, the Gotham section of Future State is, to me at least, the most underwhelming in that it's the most open-ended. It's the, the yeah. one that feels like, okay, we're definitely continuing this, so you don't have to tie things up yeah. neatly. Do you know what's so funny, though, is I actually think it was the best corner, though, in, the, in terms of, like, the overall mood and tone, art quality, writing quality, like, obviously, I'm not saying there was no other good examples, but it feels like so everything was so even the backups i mean the gotham section had some of the best backups i mean the whole I'm thing. Back of this one i'm not gonna spill my thoughts on it too much but i think the backup of in this issue is better than the main story and that is possibly the only time in all of future state i've said that well you know carl's a big jason todd fan matt so that makes he sense and you know <laughs> screw you all um <laughs> but no yeah so like and and just like with i mean i have to know how the timeline works so what happens to Bruce after this that leads to him showing up in Catwoman? Uh, where does that... Where does that I, I, I suspect he gets nabbed here, and that's why they've got yeah. him on the train. So no one knows Batman's alive yet, because that's a surprise to right. a lot of people uh, right. on the train. So yeah. I suspect that this leads almost directly into Catwoman. So yeah, maybe, maybe this does kind of... You have to connect the dots a little bit yourself, but yeah. that might be where he gets captured. That's fine if you're looking at it as an overall story, but that's still... As a... As a book if i was just reading dark detective i'd probably be pretty disappointed by this ending mm -hmm. I, th I mean i think it's pretty clear that future state in general was never designed to be a lot of contained finished things well, that's the thing some things really are right so you but so you could do that you could contain things and, you know? and i think probably they should i think i think the, the better choice would have been do contain them but leave them open that you can do more story later if you want to. Don't be wrong. I'm not saying mm -hmm. close it off completely. I'm, I, not, I'm not arguing that that's not the right choice, but clearly that was this was never built that way with in mind from the start. I, I think specifically the Gotham section was never built that yeah. way, and I think that's a mistake because I think other sections were built with mm -hmm. let's just tell a two to four issue story, and those have probably been my favorite sections of Future State, even though. If this was an ongoing book, I would like it a lot more. But as a four-issue mini, I, I I judge it on a different scale because of, uh, you know, I expect it to be a four-issue mini. And because of that, I, I am a, a lot more disappointed by it, even though so I really like the team. Art is gorgeous. And uh, I am kind of excited to see it continued at some point. Yes. Right. Uh, what, are you, what, are you, what are you giving this main story? Uh, I'm going to give this one a, a 7.5. Car? Uh... 6.5 from me. I'm going to be with Matt in the 7.5. I think the ending being kind of a non-ending is mm -hmm. why it's there. But I think it's still really well told. The art's really good, and I, I thought the pacing was fantastic as, as far as an accent issue goes. So uh, I, I'm excited to, get to, to explore more in this world. So if that was its purpose, it succeeded mm -hmm. well enough. So uh, The backup story, which I did read, this backup... Uh, so I mean, uh, well, I think it's interesting though that again it was the Gotham books where most of the other books that had backups, I kind of stopped, didn't read a lot of those backups in the second month. I just didn't want to. Uh, hit or miss me because I didn't in like the next Batman, um, the last issue of that I didn't read any. Whereas, you know, I I, I did in this obviously. So yeah, but I, I don't know if I did in the, the last next Batman, but in the third next Batman, I read the next parts of those, and I read the backup in the last Dark Detective, which was different from this one. So mm. I've read most of the backups for the Bat books, which 
It's just because I wanted to, because they were good. I wonder if whoever's the group editor for the Bat Books is maybe just, I won't say doing a better job, but has a bit more of a, a bit more freedom in that clearly, as we were just saying, the, uh, the Gotham section is clearly where they're going to be continuing future state stories for definite. Uh, whereas maybe the others were a bit more open-ended, so they had a bit more freedom in their backups. I don't know about that. If I, it may even be the opposite in a weird way. Like, I feel like they they have more. Like, there's more of a, a, an effort for everything to be in a coherent corner with all these backups, and they all fit together nicely. Plus, they've got maybe maybe a better choice of creative teams. I don't know. Whereas a lot of the other backups feel a bit more just kind of. Ah, just, you know, whatever. Uh, okay, so you're saying like at least, like, in this example here, Red Hood is clearly Gotham, and clearly you know, Batman-related, yes. as opposed to uh, Mr. Miracle or Black Racer in the Superman yeah. book. And, and, okay. and on that subject, I mean, wasn't it the Superman backups where two of them had a very similar, like, plot beat? They were, yeah. They, they so. both had time, yeah. time loops as yeah. being a plot so, device, and... And so that yeah. to me that says that there was almost no editorial oversight, like mm-hmm. making sure they all fit together. It was just oh, everyone go right away, go away and write something, and we'll just. I mean, we'll I, I was saying this was better editorial anyway. So you're kind of yeah. agreeing with me, even though you were. Yeah, I, 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 I'm. <laughs> I'm saying it's better because it's more. It's, it's, it's more controlled, and rather, not, not that they've given the writers more freedom. It's that there's actually more reining and, in and. Right, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Because they were, conti- you know, I said it was better editorial because they had planned on continuing this. So because they had more plans, they maybe focused on it a bit more. Aye. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> either, either way, I, I think yeah, a lot of the backups in the Batman stuff just, have been... Everyone note down, I was more correct than Carter, and we can move on with the lives. All right. Uh... <laughs> I was just getting Mr. Mr. Dr. Evil vibes when you just went, right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so this is the Red Hood and uh, Ravager story, yeah. uh, where he's got a hit out on now from the magistrate, and he actually thinks it's a mistake at first, and he calls up like the home office, is like, "Hey, why is there a hit out on me?" And like, "Oh, that's a mistake, but maybe you should turn yourself in, and we can fix." fix. And obviously, whoever's on the other end is trying to lure him in as a trap. Mm-hmm. So I was actually yes. oddly kind of disappointed at the end when it turned out it was just kind of a weird error. Apparently, it was like, what was it? Because it seemed to me that White Rabbit is like the magistrates also working with the underground. Yeah, I, I don't think it yeah. was an error. I think it was more just that they were burning one, him once they were caught out by the end. They were like, well, let's get yeah. it back on side. Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess that you works. Should, uh, mention the creative team uh, for this. Uh huh. Make Pete uh, say it. Yeah, yeah. Joshua Williamson and. Uh-huh. Yanis. There you go. Milo no Yanis. Milo no Yeah. There you go. Uh, I will say real quick too, I enjoyed the art in the second half more than the first half. Like that's a really bold story. statement. That is bold. I mean wait, I actually wait, 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 wait. He said no, no, of no, no, this no. story. Of the story. Of oh, the oh, okay, all right. I thought he meant of this issue as well. No. If you remember the last time, I felt like a lot of the facial expressions and stuff were blank and very mm-hmm. Tintin-esque. Here, I don't know if it's because of the action or just the different breakdowns, um, or I knew kind of what to expect. I enjoy the art on this side 
a little bit more. Any anytime Red Hood has that, uh, whatever the the spinny nunchuck with the yeah. scythe on the end is called. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm sure it has an actual name. It's a ninja style weapon. I'm, I'm going to look it up. Yeah. Whenever he has that, it looks goddamn fantastic. Oh, I say it's like a Kurigama or something like that. Let's see. I mean, you, you may well be right. Who knows? I'm pretty sure I used it in Neo. I'm just trying to yeah, remember what it was called. Yeah, I was going to say, called. I think it was in Neo. Which is why I was going to say, you <laughs> definitely know where, that's where it's from. Let's see, let's see, let's see. It's loading. He, um, he's close. A Kusarigama. There we go. I knew it was someone yeah. like that. Kusarigama. <laughs> which, which translates to chainsickle, which is exactly what it is. It, no, so. it exactly is yeah. a chainsickle. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. All so. of the action with that looks... Oh, yes. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, they are very good good here for movement. So anytime he's on the bike and he's racing around, the Rose is chasing him. Uh, for some reason, Red Hood makes the choice to put on the, the Mad Hatter version of the Red I, Hood helmet. I also thought this was a really weird choice at first, and I was like, why, why has he done this? It's not until it gets to when Ravager shows back up that I understood it. Mm. Uh, obviously, he's counting on her, her you know, precogging. Yeah, her, her seeing the future enough that that they'll end up in this place, and that's why he's put it on to like guarantee what would happen, and and you know, take away his free will essentially to influence the future and make it that no, it'll definitely be what whatever she saw. Yeah, there's a. I mean, I actually did laugh out loud at one point here because when Rose shows up, uh, when he's he's here meeting uh, what Right Rabbit, because it's not actually Mad Hatter, or Mad. She she's kind of slowly Mad Hatter's tech, um and is distributing it and so on. And she was working with the Magistrate for a bit, but then she went rogue because that got boring. There's a whole thing. But there's a moment here that made me laugh where um, she shows up and at first it's like, oh, is she going to just turn on Red Hood? Because I've been teasing that all issue that she might turn him in for the reward because it's so much money. And mm. White Rabbit says to Red Hood, who's got the, you know, the main control helmet on, uh, you know, kill her. And Rose says... We've danced before. Who do you think taught him all of his best moves? And White Rabbit goes, Batman? And she goes, ouch. <laughs> and she's it don't work. And she's, she makes this explanation of one of my upgrades to the Mad Hatter Tech is it unlocks all the deep things we get, you know, bogged yeah, you down in. hope he doesn't have any repressed issues. Yeah. And Rose just dropped, I mean, it's a sensor, but she's clearly just dropped an F-bomb. <laughs> and it, that made yeah. me laugh. Her, her going, shit. <laughs> like, Honestly, yeah. uh, Rose is probably my favorite part of this story. Uh, yeah. Right at the start, you know, uh, when the bounty comes up, she's like, oh, yeah. Bill could retire sure. with that kind of money, you know? And then it pulls out and he's already gone. And she goes, oh, poor play. And it, with, yeah. with this smile. I'm like, oh, okay. That was funny. And I think what's coming clear here is if you want us to like a Red Hood book, you make it a Rose book that just happens to start Red Hood. And then it's okay. That is funny. And I will say, as much as I like this art, and I do, I think it's great, no one can save that stupid tall helmet. Oh, the time no. it's the uh, silly, yeah. And, and that, I think that that's the goddamn terrible. And I think that's the point of it, though, right? Like, it's so ridiculous. It's so stupid. I can't, yeah, I can't look at it and take it seriously. Yeah, that, that yeah. So anyway, of course, uh, eventually Helmet gets you know broken off. Uh, Rose hits it, and they get into a big fight with all the bad guys, and they have to run like, out the building again. There's a lot of chemistry between them, though. There's the point where. She hits it with the sword to smash it intentionally. And he, he's like, you know, free from the tanks. Like, oh, I knew you'd find me. So like, you're lucky I have a crush on you. Mm. And it's just, oh, okay, I'm, I'm really getting this pairing. This is probably this pairing, which I, I do think comes from Taylor. I don't remember it ever happening before that. No. Is I'll, I'll credit Taylor. the best thing to ever happen for, for Jason Todd. Yeah. Yep. There you go. 
No, it, I was, it was just without that's, doubt. I, that's why I like Williamson because he he made this work, right? Like everything. I I shouldn't like this story whatsoever because it's Jason Todd. And it's you know it's whatever. It feels it, it's a backup. So, but like I feel like Williamson's like the sense of relationship between the two. He just nails. So, and everything, nothing feels forced with them. Right. Like it, just, I mean, it feels very natural. And even you know, to give William some more credit, still, which you know, uh, and I, I feel like I need to give him some credit because I was pretty, very harsh on the ending of his mm-hmm. Flash stuff. Even even more. Yeah. So Connor was harsh on something. No. And I stand by my criticism and dropping of Flash. I want to make that clear. I do not regret that whatsoever. But at the end of this story. Jason has a, an interaction with what is very, very heavily implied to be Batman. Yeah, the I mysterious like off-camera person that he's actually working for to mm-hmm. take down the magistrate from the inside. Yes, he's working with someone, and obviously your main goes to Batman is the one in the alley he's talking to, but it never reveals it. It never reveals who he's talking mm-hmm. to. It, it doesn't, but you know, the, the final line of dialogue in the book is, you know, the sun's out, you better get to bed. And it's it, there's, a, there's a very heavy imp- in- implication that this is Bruce. Mm-hmm. And as someone who has read far more Red Hood than <laughs> care to admit, all of the stuff in that book, whenever he was even semi-friendly with Bruce, felt wrong. Yeah. Felt forced. Whereas this here, like against a, a greater good, sort of like, you know, the, for a greater good sort of premise, feels like a really natural use of Bruce kind of accepting Jason to some extent. Um, like, you know, he, he's the man on the inside without also betraying what Jason as Red Hood kind of is. Yeah. It feels like a really outsider. smart use of that relationship. Hmm. Yeah. Ah, solid backup. Uh, hmm? sh- shockingly, we're all positive on a Red Hood story. Uh, I know. Yeah. Matt, what are you giving the Red Hood story? Uh, I'm going to give this one an 8. Connor? Uh, 8.5 for me. And f- for the record, Matt also gave this higher, this backup higher than he did the main story. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm going to continue that trend because I'm also going to give it an 8. Uh, very good action and motion in the art and the pacing. The chemistry between Rose and Red Hood. Very good. So, I can't, uh, can't really fall. Uh, I suppose if we're rating the book as a whole, Matt, where are we going? I'm doing my math right now. So I guess I gotta give a whole because we don't do you know less than a or more than a point five less than a point yeah. five. So I'll round up and I'll give it an eight. Connor, uh, I'll split the difference between mine and go the seven point five. Uh, I will concur with Matt and round up to the because ultimately I was quite happy with my experience mm-hmm. reading the book. Yeah. So, uh, cool. Next up is Future State Superman House of L issue one. Philip Kennedy Johnson writing with Scott Godlewski on the art. So first things first, Godlewski's not a bad artist, but he ain't no Yannon. <laughs> so compared in to his, his defense, few people he's are. not trying to be. Few people are, but it's just, yeah. you know because those previous two issues with with Johnson were like exceptional. The second one got the full slate of tens from his, you know, which. I don't think I'm going to spoil anything right now by saying this isn't going to get a 10 from me. That, that's, this is the weakest Superman issue Johnson's done. And why is Matt shaking his head? Do you think this is better than any of those last two? 
No, well, not better. It's different. So I'm not going to. Because I thoroughly enjoyed this, but for different reasons than I did the other one. I also love this issue, and it will be getting a high score that will reflect that. Yes. It won't be getting a 10. No. But, like, again, like, I don't know. I guess it's fair to say that it's weaker than the other two if you're just grading it on terms of, of score. However, <laughs> it left me feeling the same way of... With its, its scope and what it means. Uh, yeah. Johnson fully understands Superman as a character and what it means for legacy... What's, and what's really interesting is earlier in the week, Matt messaged me and kind of gave me what this yeah. book is and why yeah. I should be excited for it. Yeah. And yeah. It, it definitely did excite me for it. And he also said, Pete might hate this book. So I'm really yeah. intrigued. Did, did, did you like it? Before I answer that question, I, I actually am intrigued, Matt. Why do you think that I might hate this book? So it, it's been well documented when we've discussed, you know, things like Justice League Dark or Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Me and Connor tend to like the world mythology takes, you know, like we care about myths and legends and how that applies with comic books. Whereas you're kind of like, yeah, okay, that's fine. Like, but you, you don't go like, you're much more of like a, a sci-fi kind of sci-fi. Kinda and I would say the actual human drama of it beyond just the right. Because we, we like the larger than life myth and legend yeah. of, you know, the, 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 stu- the, the, the so grand like, scale. Yeah, so when this issue starts delving into almost Arthurian legend of the Superman mythos, I was just like, I don't know if Pete's going to be exactly down with this. Like, it's got spacey sci-fi stuff, and it does have, you know, the the human drama like Connor's bringing up. But I don't know. I was getting like, this is a, a legendary kind of story. And I was like, I don't know if Pete's going to dig it as much. Hmm. To be fair, I didn't say you would, would hate it. I did no, say that... No, you said you might not like it. Not hmm. like it as much as, as we are, you know? Where I felt like after I read it, I messaged Connor, I'm like, I feel like we're going to line up and just glow about this, and Pete's going to be like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I, I really want to find the exact quote of what you said. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. It was uh, also I, super early in the morning when I had read it, so... It was. I'm, uh, uh, he said... Um, he, was asking, he asked me if I'd read it, and I said, mm-hmm. no, no, yeah. He goes, yeah. Uh, Said uh, uh, Pete's probably not going to like it that much. Was uh, the exact quote. There you go. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I can do a start then. I, I suppose. I think it's fair to say that it's maybe less to my taste than his previous two issues. I think his previous two issues were exactly because of the thing. I do like the idea of myth and legend in a certain context, and the context of like how these characters can become myths and legends to the world around them. Um, and how building themselves to be larger than life is. Uh, this, I didn't dislike, though. It, it, it's kind of those the, the sort of thing here where I will care far more about this pocket of Superman mythos if we spend more time there and we get to know more of these characters and I get to know them a bit better. Because uh, right now, I mean, as far as I know, these are all new, right? This is a bit just a mm-hmm. completely new slate of characters. Pretty much exclusively, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um. Outside of when <laughs> Superman himself shows up. Uh, yeah, outside of end. one. Yeah. Very... <laughs> one notable exception. When, yes. when, when he returns from Avalon, essentially. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, so I didn't get any King Arthur comparisons. I, I don't know the, the stuff well enough to even <laughs> get any of that. Oh, me and Matt will dive into that later. Then. I'm, sure, yes. I'm, sure, I'm sure you will. I didn't get the, the joke Matt just made. I have no idea what you meant. So, uh, but you don't uh, know what Avalon is? 
Uh, I hope you're Avalon. Oh, you need some education, my friend. <laughs> you need some real education. Oh, no, that's a wrestling thing. Connor uh, completely he... not in place. <laughs> I, I, I mean, no matter what it was, I, I was like, whatever it is, it's not right. No. Yeah, uh, I don't care about Lara to be chaos, Peter though. Avalon, I know Frankie Avalon. Uh, both of those don't have anything to do with King <laughs> Arthur. Uh, anyways, King Arthur, Arthur, Arthurian legend, quick beats, falls in battle. Uh, they they take him as he's healing into the mists of Avalon, where he's set to return until Britain needs him again. Uh, and Avalon it, it, is basically Arthurian heaven, where he's right. not actually dead, but it, uh, but it's it's kind of there. It's like an afterlife. Yeah, yeah. you can return and, from it. Basically, think of Arthur as Jesus in this context. Right. And returning from Avalon is returning from the dead. Right, right. Yeah, it's the and, rising again of, of Christianity. Right. So, so when when we finally get to Superman in, in this book, it's very much, you know, I was getting the big. Yeah, I'm going to that. ignore all of this because if I pay attention to this, it'll just make me really like it less. So, uh, I'm not uh, paying attention to any Matt, of this. Matt, have you right. started reading One's Future yet? I don't. No, I'm going. I, I, uh, let me finish Fatal. And as and soon I'll, as you finish Fatal, it better be yeah. the goddamn next thing you read. If it's not, it, it, I will it, it, bloody buy it for you. I I I might even pick it up physically instead of digitally just so I have it. Yeah. Should. So, anyways, this book. Yes. How's I, it all? Anyways, right. So some of the things I like, I do, I do, because it's kind of to me this felt like a like a almost a specific view on a, a different kind of Legion take, which is like we're way in the future. It's just we're specifically dealing with the the the, the family line, right? So it's whoever's left of the House of L. And some some red what was it, the red king they were calling him Elion, uh, yeah. some mysterious red kings waging his war on whatever's left of the House of El, uh, which later on includes an army of Doomsdays, which <laughs> you know whatever. But um, and but there's you know one of them's a blue lantern. There's a brainiac there. Uh, mm-hmm. We have we get interest a few of those. There's a there's the sort of the there's angry a barbarian. Yeah, it's a barbarian. It's a in a historical context reminds me Tamerian? a lot of like the House of Wessex with Superman being Alfred the Great. Stop yes. ruining this! Stop ruining this! Anyway, so <laughs> right, the so the parts I like, I like the idea that it, like the myth of Superman has been going so long that people still believe in the teachings, but some of them actually doubt that he ever existed. Mm-hmm. Um. And if anything, my only real complaint with that, because I like when it came up, you know, when the when the Temerian who's, you know, during the issue loses her father, uh, doesn't really believe that Superman, you know, it was a story, it's, it's, it's something to teach us, but he never really existed. Like, Superman, that's was something we just told ourselves to right. sort of make peace with the idea that our planet was dead and we, we all had to kind of, like, go elsewhere, blah, blah. The fact that she has, has his, his existence proven by the end of the same issue... As maybe my one complaint of that concept, I'm like, oh, I, I almost wish we went a whole arc with this character thinking that yeah, Superman wasn't I real. I mean, I get where you're coming from, but this is constrained to a one-shot. Yes, and I think yes. It's, I, I would I rather it. that it give us this and give us the condensed story than, it, than just leave us hanging like some of those four-issue minis did. I will yeah. say, it does a decent enough job in making me like or at least understand the four or five distinct characters it was playing with so i think i i, I trust that johnson is going to do a good job with more conventional stories because i don't imagine every issue of his superman in action are going to be like those two last issues we got no because not everyone can right they can't all no, be that no, no. in that and style this but this reminds just... me a lot of his uh his, his work on the last god which is a fantasy but, book, yeah, which is let me yeah. finish my thought right so 
that's that makes me comfortable that he's going to be able to tell more conventional comic book stories uh with the, the idea of what superman means all these things that's good i will say i don't think this issue needs to be as long as it was it's like a 40 something page book and a lot of it is action which is fairly well done action but you know but by the time we were getting to armies of doomsdays i was kind of you know you know what i don't this is maybe overdoing it a little bit (laughs) like no but see i i like it because that was meant like so psychologically right you have this house of l they they all wear the symbol of that of that house and the one thing that that killed originally the house of l right was doomsday so of course the big bad is going to try to weaponize that you know and it's almost a a what's the word i'm looking for it's almost like he's taunting them right like there's nothing you can do about this this killed your your symbol you know and so i i do like that i like how they kind of handle it you know they know they can't rush in there and and hand to hand i suppose the other thing that kind of doesn't work for me that well in this issue is when we get the reveal of who this Red King is, right? Uh, Pyrrhus. The, the name that I couldn't pronounce. Uh, Pyrrhus. 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 Yeah, Pyrrhus. Pyrrhus. Yeah. Yeah. Weird word. Anyway, uh, so the part of very Greek, which makes sense the, the, given the, his origins. Well, right? that, that, his origins, the thing that I didn't like, though, or at least when I say didn't like, it didn't land for me in the sense that it's like, wait, Cersei kind of tricks Superman into having a kid with her. Is that, that what's absolutely hand? makes sense for Cersei? Yes. I mean, I mean, right. We know. I'm not saying that. Oh, no. Is weak I, to magic, hold right? on. I'm not saying it doesn't make sense from Cersei's point of view to try and do that. But as for reading a Superman comic, where I'm not expecting any characters from Wonder Woman to be relevant to Earth and this going on. No, but so out, out of nowhere, he's got this illegitimate, well, kind of illegitimate, I suppose. Yeah. But this weird son that he had much later in life, seemingly. That Cersei's I, I, tricked I, I, him into. Is exactly the right word, given what this book is doing. It's a lot. I mean, this is Mordred. Right? It's a lot yeah. to. I don't know who that is. It's a lot to swallow and like. Okay, this is a weird concept you've introduced here in the last five pages of this book. I guess I'll roll with it. Right, but but for what it represents, right? If I'm looking at this like it is a myth and a legend, and that each piece of this is representative of a different chunk of the Superman mythos, right? Then uh, of course the one weakness that anybody can exploit isn't just magic, right? But it, it's a sense of legacy and family to Superman. And so, of, of course, it's going to be this illegitimate kid that is, you know, trying to end what it means, uh, you know, of this whole Kryptonian or human, whatever the other group represent. And so, to me, like, of, of course, I don't want to think about how Cersei was able to trick magic bewitchment you have to assume right right and how far after lois and john and and all this does that happen like you know i i don't think johnson's going to i would say far enough because the others are descendants of clark that is undoubtable and you have to assume that is mostly through john Mm mm-hmm and and maybe John was spreading his seed around a bit, was he? <laughs> well, I, I, I'm just saying, if you look at like a lot of Western Europe, at least sixty mm-hmm. percent of people right now are descended from Charlemagne. That's that's not weird, given enough. Time. I know it was a joke. I, I know yeah. how like generations work and how one person leads to like thousands of people. I'm right, not right. a I goddamn idiot, John. I'm not You're... saying he's weird, sex crazed fiend. 
That's your fault for not getting how dumb that well, joke what was. What if he is? <laughs> maybe he. But is. what if he is? <laughs> maybe he is. Yeah, I, I, I I'm sure that he's not. Oh Don, man, I mean, Don, he he Don he's John just hanging out with with Yara Floor. That, you know, <laughs> that's true. Who would blame him? No, right? Um, like, why does that people. explain him having sex with other people though? <laughs> Just, that makes sense why they have a kid. It doesn't make sense why he's he's yeah. off humping every other woman left, right? Up, and he's like, "Hey, you know, I can't waste these genetics. I gotta, I gotta produce <clears throat> as many kids as possible." You know, oh. it's like a Latin core of Superman. Oh. He he really is an old European king. Oh. Yeah. So, in, anyways, so you get this Pyrrhus guy, and he shows up as the Red King, and I'm kind of like, at first, I don't like it. Because I don't want to solely the the Lois and Clark and that whole pure, you know, relationship. But then when you think about that, it's Cersei and that she's combining Kryptonian heritage with magic. And of course, that would run completely opposite to what Clark Kent's legacy would be. Not necessarily Superman's. Right. You know. Yeah. I, I like it. And then how he comes and he wants to bring the end of the line because all of them are descendants and they're basically pretenders. And he's the one true heir, and he's gonna burn it down because that's his right. And I just and his name Pyrrhos goes, you know, comes from the Greek word for flame, right? Like it's a little bit on the nose. And, I, I and and then there's this element of primogenia with him being the you know the, the actual son, <laughs> right. uh, of Clark. So he has this 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 uh, birthright that the others just being right. you know, other descendants. So I'm just, I'm, he has the seniority. I'm laughing at Matt saying it's on the nose. I'm like, yeah, it's on the nose. Yeah. Yeah, beat me over the head with it. Yeah, I totally got that. Um, but if, I mean, I have got like you've heard the term funeral pyre, right? Yes. The, so you would guess that it probably comes from the Greek word pyros, meaning flame. I don't know pyros was a. I, I've never heard pyros in my life before. Why would I assume that's anything with the word pyre? How, how could you look at the word, uh, the name here, pyros, and not assume that was Greek, and then go, all right, okay, what else sounds like that? I wasn't thinking what else sounds like it. Pete's not an etymological. Uh, yeah, yeah. Me and Matt are way like, too into the weeds with this stuff, aren't we? I, like, look, yeah, I'll so, just, just to sum up my thoughts, because you two are going to go on for like 10 minutes, and yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I just want to stay quiet. So I just. The whole Cersei thing wasn't exciting to me. It was just kind of weird, and I don't know how to take it. And like, they're going to have to like sell me on this with more stories that make sense, that make it all work for me. Right now, how it links up with Arthurian legend? I don't give a yeah. shit. <laughs> I don't give a I shit. Think it's rad. Like, you know, uh, I mean, the the idea of it needing more stories to me personally is mm -hmm. baffling. It's clear that Cersei at some point bewitches him to give her a child, and she's like, you know, the, the idea that she can use this as oh yeah, world domination mm -hmm. makes perfect sense to me. Right, like, and especially how we know Cersei uses men. Right, like right. the whole story in the. Odyssey Again, I'm not saying it's out of character for Cersei. Yeah. I'm saying no, it's no, a no. weird like... turn in this story. But no, but no. I don't think it is because it, that no. happened so far in the past. It's a story that, to our perspective, hasn't happened yet, of course. But it could be still far in the future as well. At the same time, given how far in the future this actually is, and I say, you know, Cersei well, in the Odyssey, you know, I believe she <sighs> turns men into pigs, right? Right. Well, depending on the telling, it's all different kinds of animals. You know, yes. so every animal that's on her island was a man that washed up on the shore because that's how she views them. Right. You know, uh, but no, but also the fact that there's this is Brainiac 4. Right. So this is before Legion times. 
So mm-hmm. where Superman becomes an image, like a symbol as well, you know, like, and not that it's necessarily linear, but just the fact that they chose that, that Johnson chose a Brainiac four. As opposed know, to seven or eight. Seven or eight, maybe even in the future. It's just, again, I love that the story acts as a, what, like, it takes the theme of belief and the themes of legacy for Superman and shows what that means in a future. And that mm. even though by the end of it, right, Superman shows back up because Brainiac 4 is able to locate him in some far off area. And he shows up when they need him the most. And he doesn't fight Pyrrhus. He, you know, as Superman that we know and love from, from the War World stuff, he talks about I've, I've got a better place for you. I, I know yeah. a place where you'll fit in better. Yeah. Where, and you, where like, you can belong. Right. And I, I love that, that even though this dude has, has killed descendants in waged a war against the name of, of L Superman's like, Hey dude, you're, you're just really upset. And let, let's work on this. And, you know, and I love that son. he gives a, a particular shout out to Brandon, which is the, the, yeah. the, the father, that which died. is Tamaranian, right? The, but he yeah. is the most, human the most normal of all the characters right all the rest are like uh, you know really obviously super in a lot of ways right and he's the one that told the tamaranian who's the theander uh, told her the stories of superman as if they were bedtime stories right you know so he he was almost mythologized superman right he is the storyteller here in that aspect and you know the fact that He's the one that dies and basically sacrifices I, himself. I think it's really noble. He's the only one to go by Kent instead of L as well. He's right. Brandon Kent, not and, right. and all the others are something L. L. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, I also and, like, yeah. Well, and we get into this too that like the the, the two Superman, the twins, right? You have Rowan and and the other one. Ronan. Um, who? Ronan. Ronan and and yeah. So Superman becomes like a title for like earth or whatever they're on right so there's still only one superman and, but there's a lot of l's but there's a lot of l's so i also like that idea too like it's not necessarily passing on like the lineage because if he's if brandon's taking the name kent and you would assume you know it's not just a name because he physically resembles he does like, yeah right the dark features and whatnot you would assume like that should be his title but no, it's someone that looks completely different, you know, and that that takes that on. And then his sister is the Blue Lantern, right? Yeah. Yeah. So and just what that means with, with hope in, in the whole Superman mythos on top of that, of course, a descendant of the House of Elf would eventually wear a blue ring, you know, that just like each of these. Yeah. Each of these almost represents a different aspect of Superman. And then when you have him return in the King Arthur style way, you know, this is the he's the culmination of all of them. Um, and uh, uh, yeah. I, I love how much of this just went over Pete's head. And yeah. I think to the story's credit, it sounds like Pete still enjoyed this. I mean, jump in if I'm wrong here, but you still mostly enjoyed it. And there was what, a, what you read it as. And it was a bit weird. It did a decent enough job making me like the characters that were here. I, I never even once thought King Arthur, and I, I was. Right. Baffled when you said something about King Arthur at the start of this. I was like, wait, what are we talking about? And, and um, that's kind of what I'm getting at, though, is that 
even though you don't have any of that knowledge and you know, you're not yeah but i'm not as in, as is very clear though i am nowhere near as enthusiastic about this no, as you guys no, are no, no. i uh i know i know but you still like it well enough right you you don't dislike it that's safe to say i think sure um and i think that that's uh somewhere on a fundamental level this story still succeeds at being good enough uh, you can enjoy this. Can, can we talk about how there's a two-page uh, layout in the middle that makes the Nightwing logo? Oh, that is gorgeous, actually. I did love it. Wait, 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 wait. Did I miss that? Yeah, because at first I thought it was making the S above it. And then I, and then I looked, because uh, the, the top panel is very much in the, the S diamond. I don't know what you want to call it, the shield. Yeah. But then underneath it has very distinctly the Nightwing logo. It's split into two parts rather than just being one underneath thing. Uh, it's it's in the fight with all the doomsdays. It's all yeah, I could, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, all I could it, think yeah. when I saw it. I was like, "There's an A wing logo here." Yeah, whoa, yeah, whoa. it's it's very cool, and I think it's very notable that the background of a lot of those panels in the Nightwing logo is blue. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, which also, choice. you know, that's why I always feel like Grayson's also a part of that Superman family, just because, you know, I don't know if this is canon anymore, but the whole reason he takes any Nightwing is based off of his relationship with Superman. Yeah, you know uh, that when he strikes out on his, yeah, and when he strikes out onto his own, he wants a name that's you know similar to where he was, but also pays homage to Superman, who helped get him there as well. As as much as Batman is his mentor, Superman is his hero, and uh, right, yeah, and he has to he wants something that honors both of them. Right, Uh, and I do think uh, it was a very intentional choice to have that layout in this book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, uh, no, good, good I, I, I did there. Um, and I just also want to just you know he doesn't get to do much, but Connell, which also come on, it, it, it's so close to to Connell, you know Connor's Kryptonian name. It is what you and he gets a, right the the barbarian Superman. No, no, there's a there's I a solid one. Yeah. I know I was freezing past it, but so just the name his name is Connell. He wields a gigantic sword yet. He's not a typical barbarian. He just like it's interesting because, from my knowledge, Khan is essentially a translation of king, right? Uh, it is the, the the root of that. So, right, it, it's really interesting. And this being the the House of El will like near to Arthur and the you know the House of Wessex, mm-hmm. things like that, where in theory, the one who has the title of Superman is that that king, right? Maybe it's closer to him being the king of kings. Or the emperor right. in 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 reality, and and Kana is still able to be a king as well, a sub king, uh, which again, yeah. Makes a lot At sense. the end of the day, though, I feel like it, it's more like Johnson going, you know, it sounds like Connell, yeah, and also was. that brings the the image of a warrior, you know. I mean, he um, even has the curved sword, you know, the, yeah. the back out of it, uh, yeah, it's, no, great design. It's like, Kurt you know, does a I great just, job with the designs here on everything. Yeah, and I'm assuming he did. Probably the most I've liked Godlewski's art, and I just feel because he has so much space to work here with the different layouts, like the ones you you just mentioned with the Nightwing logo and the Superman shield. But like, just the way the the fights flow, and I, then you know Johnson even gets out of his way and just there's full pages here with no dialogue or anything. And I think it's it's very rare that you just have a page that is structured as traditional panels kind of played mm-hmm. through. They're always at angles. They're always fractured mm-hmm. in different ways. Uh, it's constantly on edge and you know, overlapping and uh, with different you know images. Um, yeah. 
there are very, very few pages, maybe a handful in the entire 40-something page issue that are traditional, here is your layout of panels across the page. Uh, I think that, that's a really interesting choice, and it's completely breaking the traditional format for this, this yeah. issue. For sure. I mean, it's really when Pyrrhus shows up is where it starts to get more traditional. It gets weird uh, as well at the same time, because it gets traditional yeah. first, and mm -hmm. then uh, and then it goes off the deep end for all the battle stuff, right? So, but no, I I really enjoyed this, and it just I remember looking at the cover and seeing all the different characters and being like, oh, this this might be cool. I had no idea it was going to go into these, you know, this was, mytholo mythological yeah, aspect. I was looking forward to this only this last week, though, based off of the last couple of issues of mm -hmm. uh, you know Worlds of War and realizing that this was Johnson writing this. Before that, I, I was like, oh, I'll read it, but I didn't have any attachment to it. Mm -hmm. uh, it was only once I realized who was doing it that I was excited by it. Um, yeah. The fact that I lived up is right. pretty good. It, it just Pete, so we're, we're, Well, I was like, just so Pete's clear now, uh, in, in Arthurian legend, right, mm -hmm. there's... there's there's a, a witch or sorceress named Mordred who's very, very close to Cersei that tricks Arthur. Yeah. It, no, it's Morgana. Of, uh, Morgana, yeah. Mordred's the right. son, Mordred's which is very, uh, a lot more incestuous than Pyrrhus's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was doing one of the close notes. I just mixed up my, my M names. But so Morgana tricks Arthur in, into producing a son who leads to his downfall and leads to him going to Avalon. Uh, because it makes that maybe Arthur's not as pure as the knights think him to be. In most tellings, Morgana is also his half-sister. Yeah. Uh, so here, once we get that, you know, Cersei, a illegitimate son, Superman's off, you know, wherever. And, and it all kind of clicks turn. together, yeah. It all just, like, it's it's like when you, you get to the end of the Rubik's Cube, and you just get that final one, and you're like, oh... Okay. Yeah. 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 So but, I, I but, thoroughly love this issue. Yeah, there was no sword and a stone, so I didn't get any King Arthur references. Uh, <laughs> that's just a small piece of it. That's Merlin. the whole thing. I don't know. No, he's, he's overlooking the entire woman. You know, the, the lady of the lake. Yeah, and yeah. And which one's really Excalibur? Why? And these are his knights of the round. You know, like yeah. Uh, so good. I want more of these characters, yeah, and I know... Yeah, the Fortress on the Moon, which... I, I, they gave it an actual name, didn't they? Um, Sanctuary, yeah. I mean. uh, that's Sanctuary. Kind of, yeah, uh, Sanctuary, on. sorry. That's uh, kind of his Camelot. Yeah, so I, I want more of this, and I know Johnson has said pieces of this are seeding places he wants to go. Um, oh, that excites me. Yeah, so I don't know if there's timey-wimey. I don't know, you know, here or there, but... After this issue, and after, I mean, I was already sold with Worlds of War, right? This one just, you know, tied it up and gift wrapped it. Mm. That I'm, I'm very, very excited for his time on Superman. Even, and I, I've even gone so far. Of, oh man, I wish he wasn't doing action and Superman. We get different voices. I'm cool to have two uh, Johnson Superman I, books. A month, I stand by so. that. I wish it was different people. Yeah. I would rather him just be on one and a double shipping. But at least it's someone I like. But I, yeah. I do wish it was someone different on the mm -hmm. other book. Ma, what are you yeah, rating? No, no. What are you rating? Uh, I'm, I'm giving this a 9.5. What? Connor? <laughs> uh, it's a 9 for me. There you go. 
Seven out of ten for me, but okay. But next, I it's higher than I thought. I, I, I'll be honest. The enthusiasm for this is a little surprising to me. Like I, I liked it well enough, but I, I came out of that this book going, oh, that was definitely a big step down from those other two issues. I got, I got, I got a Blue Lantern. I got Connell. I got, uh, I got the uh, Brandon Kent. Right, I got the Tamaranian. Like, there's all stuff that I love already. And that's it's before you throw in the the Arthurian stuff. Yeah, so you know, I'm I'm good to go. Okay, well we'll see. Uh, I definitely know which way I hope the the run leads towards more, but. Uh... I mean, I would <laughs> it love started... it if the run went full King Arthur. Yeah, full full space fantasy King Arthur. Oh. I would be disappointed if that were the case. I'll say that. Uh, Future State Superman versus Imperious Lex issue two. Mark Russell writing with Steve Pugh on the art. Uh, this is issue two of three. The one Future State book that's lingering into the following month. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of me is not even really sure why, because I feel like this issue kind of wraps up everything very neatly. To be honest. Yes it and no. This entire it has an entire story in this issue for CERN yeah. that I right. thought could have ended it. Um, because throughout most of the issue, I was on guard for the fact that oh this isn't going to wrap up neatly this issue there's another one still to go and mm-hmm. then it kind of does tell its entire story i mean I, i'm assuming russell has more to say and that's why there's a third issue mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm assuming we're going to see petty luther in in issue three. Oh yeah because this is almost this is almost a each each issue shows the descent into madness for lex luther almost you know, like I'm getting, I'm gonna be getting Hearts of Darkness vibes. I mean, the, the ending the end is just Lex being mad, and the only reason why there's more story and it says to be continued is like, okay. Well, I guess it's going to be about him trying to get revenge, but it, this could have equally just ended with him being mad in his bathtub, and it would have felt like an ending. <laughs> right. Um. You guys still haven't read the Flintstone stuff, right? No. No. This is very on brand for for Russell. That those kind of could stand alone. Yeah. <laughs> The stuff in Flintstones could stand alone as single issues as you go, but it builds a narrative the more that you read. Like, there's an undercurrent. So this feels very much on brand for, for what I would expect out of him. I, I do agree it could have just been two, but I'm not going to be mad at the, the third issue because I, I very much like his take on Lex um, because it's... This is the Lex Luthor I really like, the one that is super petty about Superman... And, like, he could be a good person, but he's like, no, I like money too much. Yeah, to just uh, sum up what the issue was, is obviously Lois is there to be sort of an ambassador and sort of check out the planet because he's joining the United Planets. And Lex is welcoming. He's got a little parade for her, a big welcome sign. And he's talking about how, well, now, uh, you know, now they have to, like, help him out with all the debts of the planet because now that they have to share all that responsibility. And almost just after he's made this little speech, um, Lois sees, like, sort of assistants in their uh, sort of mech suits discover there's actually these minerals on the planet that are you could be used as energy sources that will basically it's basically like striking oil in earth present day where it's going to make whoever owns yeah. it rich and Lois is like well lex technically we also own any minerals that come here now too because you're part of the united planets I, I, I love the moment that actually does this because lex is like yes i'm the richest man my crystals and she's like 
Yeah. Don't you mean our crystals? Our crystals? And, yeah. yeah. And he asks, like, oh, what, what, you know, what do I get in return? And she actually says, well, in return, you get, you know, help with, you know, clean energy. You get help with school, healthcare. Maintaining a good society. Yeah. Basically. You, you basically, you get a lot in return, actually. Your entire civilization. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know what, Lois? I'm not a good fit for this United Planets. I think we should call the whole <laughs> thing off. Like, this was the best scene of the issue because it made me laugh. Yeah. Like, it was a really funny yeah. scene. Yeah. He, yeah. again, Mark Russell understands the character of Lex Luthor, and, like, he's, at the end of the day, he is a sniveling, like, a-hole, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and here that, that goes, because I just love that there's all this propaganda to welcome the United Planets, and then as soon as he finds out that these crystals are going to make him even richer than he's ever imagined, that propaganda flips on a dime to now tell all the people why they, they don't need the United Planets. This and is, it's just like, it's that, hilarious. This is a Lex Luthor who steals cakes. This this is not your. Mo- yes. This is more classic cake stealing Lex Luthor than it is modern run for president Lex Luthor. Even though he's technically yeah, also yeah. ruler, but. I mean, am I alone in thinking this issue is way better than the first one? I think it's better. I would say uh, way better. I, I, the first one was fine, whereas this one, I was like, oh, I really like this one. I would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a bit better. I wouldn't say it's way better. I'd say it's a bit. I think the yeah. first one suffered uh, some of the dialogue as they were all sat around to the uh, like United Planets table debating. That was a bit wordy. Took a bit long to get through. This one, the more time it spends with Lex, the more I like this issue. Yeah. Because mm. uh, yeah. Lex immediately shoots the people that's with Lois and their mech suits so that they can mm-hmm. they can steal all the crystals and then imprisons her mm-hmm. in in you know with, with the little Herbie the robot looking guy. Yeah, but what he doesn't know is Superman's got three good minutes, always. As mm-hmm. Lois knows well. Yeah, it was a sex joke there. That was a bit... Russell. Yeah, yeah. which is another Mark Russell. I was like, ah, yeah. oh, he slept one in there, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently, so the Superman for three minutes. Yeah, uh, I mean, hey. Where so... do you think John came from? And then all them kids. <laughs> uh, Lois ends up actually getting one of those mech suits that the, the, her allies had to save Superman when uh, he's, get, he's getting his ass beat. Uh, I did also like the idea that Lex makes all of the alien race fight Superman while he still has some of his strength, but once he's yeah. fought long enough that the Red Sun's done enough work, he's like, okay, now they will take him. <laughs> now it's my turn. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, Sorry, Lex, uh, isn't it? Also, Lex killing the newscaster for questioning why the news story changed from like, to the opposite of what it was an hour ago. Uh, and when, when they go on to the... Uh... They go onto the air, and the other, the remaining anchor is like, he's on assignment. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I like because it, it comes up just saying later, and there's still the uh-huh. empty chair, and it's her going, he's currently pursuing other opportunities oh. in the eternal void. Also, yeah. our hair is like singed, like on one side where the, yes. the, the yeah. blast happened. Yeah, there's a, there's, that stuff's quite funny. Uh, the joke ending, though, is that Lex is like, okay, so how many of these crystals have been sold? And the robot's like, zero. And he's like, what? Why? And it turns out that Superman having a sample of it basically synthesized it in the fortress and has just given it out to free for everyone making them completely worthless and economics 101 yes so mm-hmm. he's pissed so if it wasn't for, it wasn't if it's so what if it wasn't for the final line of uh, like saying i'm thinking i'm thinking as if he's planning something this would totally just be the end of the story and that'd be it honestly even if you take out the to be continued and you have a x99 which is the little robot being mm-hmm. like so mm-hmm. what should we do next benefactor and Lex is going, I'm thinking, X99, I'm thinking. That would still work as an ending to the two-part story if you didn't have that to be continued. 
Anyway, I think it's cleaner without him, I'm thinking. Yeah, sure, yeah. I don't know. It's, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, does she look like there's something planned? I know, but Lex always has something planned, so I would buy it. I would complain. If, if, if this was the end, and that bubble was still there saying, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'd say it was bad rain. Trust me. <laughs> I, no, I actually do find that interesting. I wouldn't have done. I'm, I'm sorry there's no Arthurian like analogies in this one, okay? Alright? I'm sorry. No, Justin said we have social commentary. Which yes, is a yes. whole other, yeah, you know... Nothing you else just is going to come close to the Arthurian uh, no. parallels. And me and Matt <laughs> clearly really love that. And, and nothing else is going to get that level of discussion. Well, it's not going to oh, be. A, this is still really good. Ain't going to be a clean sweep this week. I'll tell you that much. All right, no clean sweep. Um, that's a fun issue, though. It's funny. It's got a sense of humor. It's it's, it's very akin to his issues of Wonder Twins that I read. I, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, his Lex is pretty entertaining to to be around. I I almost essentially just want him to write a Lex book. That's kind of like a almost like a billionaire's It's Always Sunny, of Lex yeah. trying oh, I would to read the hell out of that. Like Lex trying to like do these schemes. It's... Well, it's almost like Fraction's version of Lex 2 with, with Jimmy. You know, there, there's a lot of that in the Jimmy Olsen book. Um, they don't feel too far off. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be there for that, too. I, hmm. I guess I should finally give Always Sunny a watch, huh? He is bringing up a lot. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, Flintstones is not on DC Universe, which is a little Dang. disappointing. <sighs> Dang. I guess I'll. I will say it's worth the purchase. Yeah, next time if, it's in Comic Solvers, I'll grab it. Yeah, but it's it's if you enjoyed this, you'll thoroughly enjoy. All right. Yeah, uh, I, I like this issue a lot more than the first one. Matt, what are you rating it? I, I'm gonna give this an eight. Connor, I'm gonna seven point five. I will agree with the seven point five. Future State, Batman Superman issue 2, Gene Lun Yang writing with Ben Oliver on art. Uh, the False Face Society, uh, Professor Pig, all that uh-huh. stuff we're continuing with. Um, so, yeah, there, 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 there was a general enjoyment of the last issue, if not yeah. overly enthusiastic. Okay, Connor was more negative. He's I was like, me. it was okay. Right. I think I gave it like a five or six. Sure, all right. Uh, and this, yeah, I, can, I, can tell, I think I think if you like the, the last issue, you'll probably be into this one well enough. Uh, I, I think mainly I like the demented Professor Pig, you know, performing stuff on Superman or the uh, insane like weird mutation that he made out of Superman's DNA, which is just like a flesh with eyeballs, like rats have got like little eyes with heat vision in them, and <laughs> yeah, that was like that. out there for sure. I- I wasn't really like, feeling all the uh, the pigeons with eyes that, that have X-ray vision. Yeah, I was kind of like that. Uh, or pig it's having a grab bag of ideas. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, you're Pro- just throwing stuff out. Professor, like, sure, why not? Professor Pig having like big pig hands, like or pig yeah. heads as hands was just kind of a surreal yeah, yeah. visual. It was such a weird thing because like he went all in on pig because usually pig is you know a guy in a mask, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And went all in on these mutations. And then Mr. Toad, who is usually a genetic mutant to be a toad, is just got a one of those uh, you know face changer masks on that we saw in yeah. one of the other comics. Yeah, uh, mm. you know, it, uh, 
Batman's obviously worried about Superman. Uh, probably my favorite little moment in the in the book is when when they first see each other, run into each other in the hall, um, and Superman says something kind of meaningful. He says he's relieved to see me. He tries not to show it, but I can tell he almost never calls me Supes because he's just called him Supes. And right. then you get Batman's narration, and it's just he's not dead. Good. <laughs> and that made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. I do love the, the dueling. That's one of my favorite things in a Batman Superman book are the dueling narration boxes. Yeah. yeah. Like that. They they add to some fun moments like and, uh, that. I'm still not feeling their voices, though. I think, like, the narration boxes are fine. It's the dialogue mm-hmm. that still feels wrong. Yeah. There's a bit where Batman just goes, oh, hell, when when he, you know, he sees a live it's, synthesized it's... kryptonite. I'm like, oh. I don't know, it just doesn't feel like a Batman line. Yeah, it... So I'm going to be honest with you, I fell asleep trying to read this three times this week. Mm-hmm. Just being in bed. Not that it was bad or anything, but I was just like... Wasn't captivating you, know. you enough. No, and and I one night in particular, I had laid down where my wife could see the screen, and she goes, all right, put the iPad down. You've been on that page for five minutes, and you haven't moved anything. <laughs> <laughs> you go, go to bed. And so, you know, and yeah, I mean, again, it's fine. Um, I appreciate what Yang had done here with, with Pig, because he is, I always feel like there, if there's one character that you can go completely insane to the walls with is Professor Pig. Yeah, and it's not going to feel out of character at all. So yeah. I feel like Yang was having a lot of fun with him. Honestly, the, the biggest complaint I have with the issue is more just when it tries to shoehorn in that they have this disagreement about why Superman should stay out of Gotham and not help with the magistrate. Is that yeah, yeah, that. They, oh, they might uh, you know use your DNA again, so you need to stay away. It, just, it felt like a little bit forced and just but to try you, and explain you trust things too much. We need to be harder. I think yeah. the problem with it is that it's trying to explain something that's always a problem that we just ignore anyway, which is you know. There's several things if Superman just came to help, he would solve very quickly. And likewise for other heroes that could show up I and help various other heroes. what's strange for me is that it actually touches on the idea of why Superman doesn't. Is that, no, I trust you to deal with it. You're, you know, because he actually says, you know, you're mm-hmm. going to handle it. I trust you. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's always trusting in Batman to handle his problems and that if he needs help, he'll ask for it. But at the same time, has this weird misunderstanding of Batman being like, no, get out of Gotham. Get out of my city. It's like it's this weird dichotomy of like completely getting one of them and completely getting the other one wrong. That I almost don't understand how someone has that that viewpoint on both of them at the same time. Yeah, because I feel like we're past the point where like Batman's that protective over Gotham because you have that many people operating there. You know, like I'm sure. You know. I feel like there's a way that they could have done it where he goes, I don't need you getting mixed up with the magistrate knowing, you know, because he's already revealed himself, right? Yeah. And, like, he doesn't need the magistrate weaponizing that even more than they already could. You know what I mean? But, like, just the reason that Yang gives it does feel weak. Yeah. I think, yeah. I'm not sure I'm that big a fan of Yang, ultimately, because everything I've tried from I've kind of bounced off of eventually. I think I have I gave New Superman a handful of issues when it was kind of exciting and fresh. Didn't like his terrifics at all. And then these <laughs> two issues have kind of been like, eh. Like, they're not the worst things ever, don't get me wrong. No, but I'm, I'm excited to see what he does with the with the Batman Superman coming out of, you know, Infinite Frontier. 
I, I wish I was, because yeah. I want to. Li- I I always want to like his stuff because the concepts <laughs> sound like, oh, I should be interested in this. The, but whenever uh... I read it, I kind of get, I kind of bounce off it. I mean, I I, I generally had fun with this two par, even though it's not definitely not without its fault. But it's kind it's kind of that thing where I'm I'm not like praising it in a way where I think it's like excellent, excellent like comic book. I'm like I'm having fun with kind of some of the fun goofy ideas with with the monster mutations and kind of the wackier elements of it, as opposed to I, uh, it being more of a serious book. I will uh, give credit to this issue for having more ice than I realized, because um, I'm just looking at the credits page now and. Uh, Ben Oliver, who did the first issue, is working mm-hmm. with Steven Segovia on pencils and inks, but you have Scott McDaniel on the breakdowns as well. Uh, it feels a lot more consistent than there's three different people working on it. So I will yeah. give credit for that. Uh, I, I would never have guessed there are three different people working on this issue. Uh, whereas, especially after the first issue, which I believe was just Ben Oliver, and I don't feel like there's a noticeable difference in the, the art between the two issues. It still feels pretty consistent. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, what are you giving it, Matt? Uh, I'm going to give this one a, a 6.5. Uh-huh. Uh, I think I'm just going to give this a 5. I think it's fine. Uh, I'll probably agree with Matt and give it a 6.5. Not that it's not enough time, though. I had fun with the, the pig stuff and yeah. whatever. Yeah. It's the sort of thing, though, like... Can it, will I keep reading the ongoing office at this level? I mean, probably not. I don't see. You. But as a as a two issue mini, you're like, eh, yeah, fine. But if it was this all the time, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, all right, Future State Aquaman issue two. Brandon Thomas writing, Daniel Sampier on the art. Mm-hmm. Matt, are you the only person who read this? Kind of read no, it, right? No, I I did read God it. God damn you! I did. Okay, you're all right. You did, you're yes. safe. Okay. I heard him say no. <laughs> it was no, you're right. And I got I, it right. I just felt like Matt jumped the gun there and just heard what he expected to hear yeah. uh, rather yeah. than what I actually said. I don't know yeah, why Matt so gets exactly. so upset. Like I, 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 Before we started the show, I, I said to Matt, hey, did you read this thing? He's like, I'm not telling you. I'm not I'm playing this game. Because you guys have have led me to believe that you've read a certain book and then when we get there i'm the only one that read it i hadn't led you to believe anything i was just asking if you'd read a book it was just a question you've done it there's you've (laughs) done it in the past so i have to have my guards up why what what happens there's nothing it's it's not like you get to the unpreparedness pete like when you when you're the one generally speaking you know you're hosting you're telling the book through we're we're kind of prepared just uh, we'll react off you whatever you go on and then you, you spring on us and it's like, oh, all of a sudden we have to actually think about what we're saying. <laughs> it's it's the awareness of, oh, shit, we have to think. Keeping you on your toes. And, and so me and Connor have two different philosophies when it comes to it. When I'm by myself, I want to get through it as quick as possible, right? Connor decides he's going to give a breakdown almost page for page sometimes, you know? Depends so, on the book. There's right. some books where I'm so, like, no, this needs it. Whereas other books, I'm like, eh. Yeah, so... This one I feel more of the of the latter because it's I almost feel like this is kind of a tone poem. It's weird because this, this is the the other half very much of uh-huh. the, the two issues where if the first issue was ninety percent Jackson, this mm-hmm. this issue is ninety percent Andy. Right. Uh, and and it really does feel that way. Um but yeah, so she she gets separated. She's in you know, they're in the confluence of oceans. And she's missing her leg because her leg got, you know, taken off by that beast. 
and uh, she ends up with these fish who are who are like glimmer fish, but they're almost like T one thousands at the same time. Like they're that like is a this... very good description. I was trying to think what's the best right? way of describing these. Where T one thousands good one. So the, they're living, but they're kind of metallic, and they have this group thought. And so, you know, she washes up on this beach. She's missing her leg, and these glimmer fish are talking to her, and you know you know she's asking for help and so she sends out her like telepathic you know aqua power and one of them jumps up out of the the water and attaches to her leg and it gives her leg and so the running thing through this is that the glimmer fish are like you need to return him he's a piece of the whole the entire issue is that is our brother we need our brother back let him go and she's like and, and the she maintains, like, well, no, he chose this. I didn't make him do anything. When I asked for help, he's the only one of you that chose to help. Or she'll say, this was an accident. I'll give him back once I've saved my brother, uh, being Jackson. Right. And so, you know, and it goes through her and Jackson's, you know, adventures through the confluence. And, you know, she's... Oh, all right, mate. Matt, you going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, 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 it's all these lessons that Jackson taught her to survive, basically, without a power yeah. like uh, I think the first one is like survival, you know, which is like you know just mm-hmm. hunting for food, basically. Right. You've got uh, them de-escalating conflicts, yep. and you know, look, basically, he's teaching her how to be a hero rather than just survive. At the end of it, right? Um, yep. There is an absolutely gorgeous panel. Uh, it's where the lesson, the lesson is patience, mm-hmm. and it's them like meditating on top of these rocks in the sea, yep. and it's this silhouette, and it is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Like, he's, you know, give it you know, the justice in the words. Yeah, and he's he's sitting. You can tell, like you know, like you know, classic meditation. Pose. Yeah, and she's she's almost doing yoga. She's her On hands are leg, outstretched. Yeah, up. yeah. Ah, oh, it's it's a, and it's, but it's in this like you know like almost like watercolor esque panel, mm-hmm. uh, where it's all the you know like soft shading and you know uh, and, and a smudge kind of fades between them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's absolutely gorgeous. But yeah, and so. You know, as she goes through these five years that they've been, you know, uh, separated. The idea is the the confluence will take her back there, but the confluence doesn't have any concept of time or space in the same way that that mortals do. So what it thinks it's doing, it it knows it's taking her back to Jackson, but it doesn't realize that it's taking a a quote-unquote long time for her Mm because for the confluence, this is nothing. Right. And so we get some real cool like concepts of her on this like riding a, a, a flying shark through a jungle, right? Like yeah, that's that pretty cool. cool. And then she's with some what look like toad pirates, you know, like yeah, whatever wrestling uh, looks like a saber tooth tiger of some kind or a cave bear, you know. Um, and then also sending a message through the confluence with her, you know, aqua. Kinesis, no, it's aquakinesis. What would it be? Aquapathic type of powers? Aquapathic, you know? yeah. Oh, that, that's a good word for it. I don't know if that's the uh, official word for it, but I'm No, but it should be. Um, but, and then, so it, then it catches up to where we were with, with Jackson and, you uh, know, she, the rescue. Yeah, and, you know, the whole Aquaman returns. Um, and, you know, she starts to lay a beating on these guys. And Jackson stops her. Even everything that he's been through at the hands of these people. Yeah, like, no, you know. we have to be better. Right. Yeah, and then that and was that's the, the final lesson. Because there's like lesson. four or five throughout the issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, this final one is restraint. Yep. 
Um, and then, then you know, they they end up, you know, reconnecting, and you know, there's tears, and they're happy, and they end up. It looks like, you and, know, and this is where my my big problem with the issue comes yeah. in. That I'm going to talk about is. Uh, when she's come to rescue Jackson, she's brought in this whole you know army of sea creatures mm -hmm. uh, with her uh, aquatelepathy, as we're now calling mm -hmm. it. And uh, as they go up to the surface, and they're like, "No, we're together." And Jackson's like, "It's okay. You got you know you can let them go now. You know, we'll find our way home. Let them go." And there's this gorgeous close-up on both their faces, mm -hmm. his face, and then her eyes specifically. Yeah. And then all the fish, you know, you just get the silhouettes from under the water of them leaving. And what I hate is there is no answer, no, not not even any acknowledgement of what she does with the glimmer fish on her leg. Yeah, also the YouTube. Like that's like the entire issue is building yeah. up to this. Does she let it go or not? Yeah. Does she stick? You know, because constantly she's like, "I promise, I'll let him go once once mm -hmm. I have my brother back." Like repeatedly, she says that, and right. and the glimmer fish are like, "No, you won't." All you, uh, what do they call them? Conductors? Is it? Yeah. Uh, you're all the same. Uh, conductors being people who have aquakinesis. Uh, you're all the same. You say things, but you know you, you have your own ideologies. You know your your own reasons. And at the end, it's not even like it's left ambiguous. It's because I could live with this amb ambiguity of whether mm -hmm. or not she let it go. It's there's not even any acknowledgement. There's nothing. There's no question. As it, it doesn't even address it. It's it's just oh, all the fish go. We know that she let them go. Mm -hmm. But we don't know about the leg because it it pointedly never does a shot under the water again. We never see her body. We never see if this foot is still there or not. And that is really frustrating. Yeah. Well, at the end, it just it kind of ends with them never like... We know eventually they have to get home because she's part of the Justice League, right? But like it just it kind of ends ambiguously with them floating in what looks like a chunk. Like, are they home? Are they just in another like, piece of the ocean? They're definitely because still it... in the confluence because, you know, the right. final bit is, is Jackson. Yeah, remember what I said before, you know, hopping around dimensions, you know, some free uh, lost time, which implies that maybe this isn't, the, you know, the six years for right. them or whatever it is, isn't the same mm -hmm. on Earth. Uh, uh, some freaky glowing leg thing. So he definitely acknowledged that she had a weird right. leg, whether or not she still has it at this moment is different. But again, he doesn't right. acknowledge that it's gone. And he goes, you know, that's how you make the Justice League, which is, uh, you know, that was a whole thing in the first issue. Right. And then it just, you know, the, the final panel is all the, the ocean in the, all the, the odd colors like the confluence was and just this uh, uh, caption box with, you know, Aquaman and Aquaman escape again. And, and that's it. Right? There, mm -hmm. there is no acknowledgement either way. It's, it's really frustrating. Yep. And but it's beautiful to look at because the Sam Peter art is some of Sam Peter's best work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, I think I said in the first the... issue that it was some, you know, it was probably some of my least favorite of his work. Where it was, it was fine, it had moments, mm -hmm. but it was okay. Whereas in this, there are so many moments that are just like, goddamn. Uh, well, you know, that meditation on that very same page. There's a there's a panel of her swimming in the sunset, absolutely mm -hmm. gorgeous. Uh, that stuff at the end with the close-ups on their pages, uh, their faces, you know, you know, her eyes, and just the the awareness of what she's doing and keeping control of it, and she breaks yeah. down into tears afterwards. Absolutely yeah. gorgeous. Well, cool. and too, I, I try to look up the, the colorist too, and it is, I just, 
It just left my brain as soon as I looked. So I started looking at all the pages you were talking uh, it's about. It's Adriano Lucas. Uh, That's what I thought. I've seen a lot of stuff in the past. Um, yeah, so it's all these kind of muted colors, right? Like, mm. they're, they're not none quite take over every page. It's all even blues when it's and using a lot of, Even when it is using bright colors, there's a lot of right. reds and stuff and oranges. It's, right. it's still fairly faded and muted. And it just, yeah, it, everything works together on the art side of this to, mm. to make it, yeah. But, but no, yeah, so it just, again, this is a book that just kind of, like, I read it early on, and I forgot most of it just because it is almost like a series just going. It's, so It's a frustrating book because I was going to give it a, a six, I think, just mm -hmm. because uh, I liked it well enough. But I really, I did like the art enough to give it a six, which is, you know, mm -hmm. above average. And then that ending with the uh, lack of addressing the leg and the glimmer fish at all like again not ambiguity just lack of addressing it yeah. whatsoever uh knocks it right down to a four for me oh oh no i'm i'm a little bit more but again that's why rating things are stupid because i'm i'm at a 6.5 for this one and mo most of that's the art because i did too oh, yeah yeah so cool okay well every month patreon.com slash tv our patrons can make myself or Connor read a book at one of the higher tiers. And uh, it just so happens that one of them in this case is a new release book, which is Future State a Legion of Superheroes, issue two, Brian Michael Bendis and Riley Rosmo. I need the drink first. <laughs> <laughs> this is obviously Connor who's reading this one, so. I, um, I posted the first page on Twitter, just as a heads up, of... What I do for patrons, you know, if, if people pay me to read a book, this is the sort of shite they can make me read. Uh, because this first page, oh boy, uh, turns out it's just a recap, and I was very grateful. In, in, in as as much as it's so much text, I was grateful for what it was because I remember being very confused by the first issue and what was actually going on. Because I weirdly think this recap does a better job of telling me what actually happened in the first issue than the first issue did. Because mm. uh, I, I was really, I remember being very confused as to what the conflict was all about in the first issue and why they were at war and why they were kind of splintered in the way they were. And this recap page tells me it was basically uh, Element Lad led his people in an attack across all the different planets of the United Planets. Uh, you know, they attacked all of them at once. Uh, and the idea is that you know they transmute all the elements, so they couldn't come back from it. Uh, and and that was you know what put them at odds with each other. And I, I did not get that in the first issue at all. I was very confused. Yeah. Whereas yeah. this here just has a, a Charles Tane, which I think is uh, the the bouncing guy. Bouncing boy. There you go, uh, bouncing boy. I think it's him narrating this. And then it jumps right back into just the. Uh, you know, the, the big fight that left it off, which was basically the mostly reformed Legion, as we left it last time, versus Element Lad. Uh, and, you know, he's taking a lot of them out. There's, there's a whole thing where it's it's hopping through him using different elements uh, on them. And I don't know what all of them are, I'll be honest. it's This is periodic table knowledge that I have forgotten over the years. Uh, you know, NA, which... Sodium? Yes. Yep. So he uses sodium on one of them, which, which 
Sodium chloride, salt, right? No, well, so salt is sodium chloride, NaCl. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it looks like he's putting them in like a like a, a box of ice almost. Uh -huh. with, the, with the NA, and then Fe is iron, I want to oh, say. That is iron. That is iron, yes. yes. I only remember Are that one because it's, it's so weird. Because most, yeah. most of the elements is like, oh, okay, hydrogen's H, you know, this is just the first couple of letters. And, and then you get to iron and it's Fe. Fe. Yeah, the roll is AU. Yeah, so you, you have him using iron on one of them and just shatters one. Uh, he uses H2O on one, which I'm assuming is someone who has electricity powers because they're mm -hmm. kind of start like frying themselves and then hg i forget what hg is anyone uh, want to jump in? mercury okay so that's that uh, presumably mercury is really heavy right that's yeah well, it, well it's liquid at, at room temperature which is the only yeah. metal to, to do that so it's yeah. really dense from what i know mercury. Yeah. Uh, so that's why you know he's, he's using that to push them down and then he uses h which is of course hydrogen to hydrogen. blast a bunch, of, a bunch of them off yeah Alright, so I think he uses that to blast himself off to escape. Uh, which, I'll grant it this, is an inventive page. Uh, you know, because you have most of those are going down the page. So you have like uh, NA, then FE, then H2O, then HG going down the page in these like sub panels mm -hmm. across. And then you have the rest of the pages, you know, and then it points, all of these are pointing downwards with arrows. And then H pointing upwards as he blasts off. A relatively inventive layout and then what i will actually credit is the layout of the following page is uh you know he's running away but it kind of goes around it snakes around the page but it's constantly in like a bunch of you know it's it probably takes place over about eight different panels give or take but the background never changes it's just this is the this is the the static layout of where the page is but the characters move through it uh, even though the background should really be moving because it's like he's on a ship and then he's falling off a ship is one of the, the the points. But the way it kind of does flow through is actually really solid sequential storytelling. And by splitting it up into various panels, and by that I just mean they put a border around it. It doesn't actually, because the background is exactly the same. They just put a border around it to separate this moment rather than the other. Uh, and it does give it this really solid flow. So I will give it credit there um, as he escapes. Um, but then the rest of the issue, uh, you know, basically, uh, Imra you know, goes into their mind and discovers that it wasn't uh, Element Lad and his people at all that really did this. I mean, technically it was, but it wasn't their free will. It was her people, the, the, the Titanians, that used their psychic abilities to influence them all to do it without them realizing and they sent her to the Legion in the first place because she was too much of a free spirit and couldn't be trusted in the hive mind. So they get, you had to get some distance from her. And uh, they used they, they, you know, they used her as basically the, the, the inside man to kind of infiltrate everything and get all the information. Uh, and then they kind of took over Element Lad and all the others of you know his entire race. They used through their powers, use them to kind of engineer this war, but no one knew, so they were still, you know, then they became this, like, galactic civil war, basically. But it was all them. I'm not sure for what purpose. I don't know why. It's, it's very clear. Uh, unclear as to why. Uh, and then they've got, the, they're going to recruit uh, Rock on Daxum. Uh, I'm not sure. Again, 
Another problem I have with this book, it never once does the pop-up panels of telling me who they are, what their superhero name is. So, Matt, help me out here. Who's Rock? Oh, I have to be right. It's R-O-K-K? Yeah, that's the one. Uh, I'm trying to remember, because there's fucking block. Let me look. Because I'm not sure. I just thought you might know, being aware of Legion stuff. Oh, no, that's Cosmic Boy. That's Rock Crin. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this is Cosmic Boy. Who has a history with Imra, but you know, hates her right. now for whatever reason. And they're like trying to recruit him back into being in the Legion and help out with this because oh, it wasn't Element Lad after all. You know, there's there's more going on. We need your help. And yeah, then they they uh, they have a through Imra have a psychic battle with the Titanians. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of inventive layouts. Uh, it's very psychedelic. I don't hate these layouts. I really like the lettering again. Um, there's a user this red lettering for Imra and this blue lettering for the rest of the Titanian hive mind. Um, and it's not in boxes. There's no narration box. It's like really free form uh, lettering. Mm-hmm. Uh, really well done, actually. I'll give it credit for that. Uh, and there's one point where the, uh, the Titanians, you know, you go like, you have no right, is the line. But it's bigger and it's bolder and it jumps off the page at you. Uh, really started lettering work of just like, you know, even without this, uh, you know, functional form of boxes or uh, bubbles, it gives you the the context of what this is and how it, and, and, you know, and, and the tone. Uh, so that is really effective. And, but basically, you know, they, they kind of shut them down. And then, and then as, as she comes back out of the psychic plane into the real world, John Kent is there now again. And I feel like this is where I missed something, and maybe this is where it picks up off the end of the actual run. I might be wrong here, but it feels like it is, because she's like, oh, John, you're back. And he's just like, did it work? And she's like, oh, I'm here, but not there, so thank you. And I'm like, I have no idea what's going on anymore. I feel like I missed a massive chunk of story. Um, but John's there in some weird helmet with a visor. I don't know if that, this is recognizable to either of you who read Legion at all. Uh, Or or maybe it's exclusive to this book. I don't actually know. So Um, say that again. John has like this uh, weird look where as well as the, the, you know, his suit going up to his neck, it goes up Mm -hmm. over his head and has like a visor that comes down as these gold like earpieces that are almost, almost flash-esque. That's new to me. Okay. Uh, Right. I, I, cause I, like I said, this, this feels so disconnected from everything else in the book because John Kent's suddenly here and he hasn't been here in these two issues at all. Right. And she's just like, oh, you're back. And he's like, did it work? And I'm like, did I really miss something here? Like, I feel like I missed something in the main run. Like, I, I don't know. And, and then they're just like, yeah, all right. Well, job's a good one. Long live the Legion. And that's it. And I'm like, well, what? What happened? Uh, I, I really don't know. Um, I will say I will give this a higher rate in the last one. I, I still don't like most of the art. I don't like the actual visuals of the art. I don't like the, the faces. I don't like the, the bodies. All of that Rosmo stuff that I tends to dislike. But I do think in this issue, at least, Rosmo has some really good layouts. I mentioned that, that one earlier. I think he has another good one where uh, Satin Girl has a really oblong head helmet in this. I think it is a helmet specifically. I don't know if she usually has it. It's oblong. I don't recognize it. But um, no. 
it's like uh, there's like a, a few panels which are like set within her helmet piece that are oblong, and it has this this nice look to it that goes over the page because of this layout. Uh, so I'll give it credit for that. I still think the story is a mess. I have no idea what's going on. I think it's terrible. That it doesn't tell me who any of the characters are, um, especially as a future state book, let alone as a continuation of Legion, which, from my knowledge, typically does tell you who the characters are in a lot of issues. Um, but it still does that horrible thing where the opening of the issue is all in alien text and it doesn't translate it for you, so you have no idea what it's saying. Uh, again, from context, I think it is mostly just the future state text of this is, you know, you know spinning out of uh, death metal, you know, that, that whole text bubble, which at the start most of them. But then there's a second bubble and like, uh, of all this alien speech. I have no idea what it says. Uh, and, and that's just frustrating. Uh, I don't know why it does that. I don't know why it feels the need. Uh, yeah. So I'd give it higher than the last issue, but I still think it's not a good issue. So I'll give it a four. Okay. There you go. Uh, that'll take me on to my Patreon book that I'm doing this week, which is American Vampire. I think it's issue 16. But <laughs> unfortunately, the cover in the trade does not uh, actually tell me <laughs> at a glance. <laughs> Uh, what issue is one of those trades? Yes, I mean, I mean, the, the cover's there, it's just say the number. I mean, uh, right. does the pay the uh, you know, the, the issue split, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was just the important mm. part. Uh, so if you remember, then the last issue was Henry and the other soldiers who were still alive, along with Skinner, uh, were kidnapped by the Japanese and taken to some sort of camp of some kind. They were on their way to this weird, they heard, they heard murmurs of this evil building that where they were doing some shady stuff. And we get this prison slash dungeon slash like lab where they're doing experiments with these vampires. One of the uh, American troops from from this uh, the vassals is is thrown into this pit, almost gladiatorial pit, in the middle of this weird prison. And one of those liquor vampires that were interested in the last couple of issues is released in there, and it turns him. Uh, it's a really well done scene because like what the, the the captain of the platoon is like begging you know Andy's life don't let him turn into one of those things and obviously these Japanese soldiers are like nah we don't we don't that's, that's, this is the whole point this is why we put them in there we're doing tests and shit uh, a lot of great art here like there's a moment where they there's no dialogue almost but they just put these big spotlights down into the the pit as this the soldiers turned into one of these vampires which is this happening almost instantly which was previously established. Uh, and it's super well done. Um, meanwhile, uh, Pearl has arrived on the island. Uh, the commanding officer speaking to all these nurses and is confused why there's only 11 when there's supposed to be 12. Uh, cut to Pearl running through the, the jungle. Uh, and she is accosted by some vampires uh, and gets ready to fight. But the big thing of this issue, though, is that Henry, it turns out, has figured out that Skinner Sweet is Skinner Sweet. And they've been in these cells for like a week or whatever it's been. And he's essentially deduced that he's a vampire because he's used to sleeping next to a vampire and can tell based on <laughs> the heart rate that this is not a living person. And, you know, it basically just makes the leap that this is probably Skinner because A, it's a very similar heartbeat, and B, it's the one vampire that makes sense that might have been seeking him out. And. Essentially makes this pact that, look, we need to get out of here. These vampires, these liquor-style vampires, they can hurt you just like they can hurt us. 
you need our help as much as we need yours. So how about we form a truce to get out of here? And as part of this truce, like Skinner's lying there still injured from being attacked from before. So Henry essentially ends the, the story of this issue by offering his arm for blood. It's like, no, you won't take too much. You'll take enough to get well and heal and we can get out of here. And a lot of the narration at the start of the issue and then get into this part is is Henry kind of talking about that, you know, he was always taught about being a musician, like, and part of, like, being the best type of, like, artist and musician you could be was always playing, like, it could be your last, and, like, your, you know, sort of courting the devil is the phrase that he uses. Um, and this is kind of a literal, almost version of that, where he's having to trust someone who is devilish. Uh, they have to work together to survive this hell that they're in. Uh, gorgeous panel here as well of, of Skinner in the shadows coming towards him with the big de- demonic tongue and the big sharp teeth as Henry's arms like sort of reaching through the bars. Uh, really atmospheric, really brutal, uh, as is the actual baiting itself with the blood dripping down Henry's arms. Uh, and of course the big cliffhanger is that Skinner now with his strength back is able to break down the cells and it's them encountering the commanding Japanese officer and like, the head scientist who are, who are talking about what they're doing. Uh, the, the alarms go off and they encounter him in the hallway and it's your big cliff fire. So it really feels like, you know, shit's hitting the fan and this uneasy alliance is the, is the big focal point of the issue, uh, which makes a lot of sense. It's, it's, it, I think it's good for Henry as a character that he did figure this out and it wasn't just that Skinner got to like, get the jump on him at some point. Because uh, Henry does have the danger of being kind of the, the chump of, of this book, because he's the normal guy who's in love with Pearl, and everyone else is, is more advanced than him. They're either, you know, monsters with superpowers, or the vassals of this tight-knit group, and they're, they're hunting vampires, and they all have these tragic backstories, which is why they're hunting vampires. Because um, it does a good job as well of telling you the backstory of the, the soldier who's sent there at the pit who dies, that tells you, you know, he's Asian-American, he was an immigrant, and uh, this horrible story about how they were all named by the Americans when they arrived, and there was a joke about how he was given the last name Lant because his first initial began with an S. It was like a, this really racist joke that the Americans oh. who were bringing him into the country were making. And he could have changed his name, but he never did. He kept it because he, he's like, no, I'm going to make it mine. I'm going to be proud of it regardless of what, where it came from. So he, he tried to give you a little bit to make you care about this guy who just died. Uh, so really effective in that sense. Uh, but it's the uneasy alliance that is the, the focal point of the issue and just building that Pearl's getting closer but she's not quite there yet uh, and I imagine she might show up just in the nick of time bef- just, just before Skinner turns on him <laughs> and does whatever he's going to do is either when she's going to get there and witness it for the dark ending or get there just in time to stop it for the somewhat happier ending uh, and I don't remember what the ending is. I've read this before. It's been a while, though, so I don't remember. I don't remember if Henry is around for longer than this. I don't remember where this goes. So I'm excited to rediscover that. You'll find out soon. I'll find out soon. But uh, unsurprisingly, the art's been very consistent because it has been mostly been Albuquerque. And the, the, the playing with the shells, there's a lot of stuff in this within cells and dungeons. And... Uh, the design of this prison is a big sort of uh, cylindrical building with a pit in the middle of it, but it's like a more more tall than wide, if that makes sense. So it has kind of this uh, weird everyone looking down at the pit kind of vibe to it. So it's a, even just the, the the architecture of this building feels kind of 
strange and somewhat uh, I don't want to say gothic, more maybe medieval, I guess. I suppose more than anything, but uh, that makes sense from Albuquerque. Yeah, but but you know, it's it's plain. There's a lot of yellow lights and these dark blue dungeony kind of looking locales. Who's uh coloring it? Do you know? Uh, I don't know if they've got the credit page still here in the trade. They they might not. They don't. Which they is, don't yeah. Uh, I don't think they do. Unless it's oh, maybe in the last page. Let me go to the last page. Uh, no, they don't. Sorry, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't have any um, credits. You said it was issue sixteen. You think? Maybe. I think so. Yeah. I'm just trying to see on Comicsology see if I can find out. I'm I'm very intrigued. Um. Uh, oh, uh, Dave McCaig, who is a wonderful colorist. Uh, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, now, Gorgeous Book, um, in some ways, might be my favourite of the arcs so far, just because it feels like it's really starting to all come together and come to this head of the, the tensions building. Uh, the other issues have all had and contributed something towards this, and I think this arc in particular, I think, does read very well if you binge it, because it is just this kind of action movie of them going on this mission and getting ambushed and getting kidnapped, and it all kind of flows on onto the one another. Um, but this issue on its own is very satisfying because it's got this big development of this uh, uneasy alliance. So, mm. uh, now so solidly eight point five, I'd say, for this one. So, uh, there you go. Uh, but that'll take us out of the part of the show where we pick our favorite stuff of the week, favorite panel slash moment, favorite cover, favorite art, and top five books. So we will start with Matt and his best panel slash moment. Uh, it's the appearance of King Arthur Superman in House of L. So good. Uh-huh. Uh, Connor? I mean, it's hard to fault that choice. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go from the Red Hood story. I'm going to go Ooh. with... Uh, it's, a, it's a moment from, from Rose, and it's uh, after White Rabbit's like, you better not have any... Uh, you better hope he doesn't have any repressed issues, and it's just her going, yeah, F, with the... the it's that uh-huh. close-up panel of her doing that, with the, the lettering, with the very unique take on censoring that it has, with the the black spiky bubble around the symbols inside the normal uh, word bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that panel. That's actually my exact choice. Uh, <laughs> so, and I'm not changing yeah, it because yeah. I'll be honest, I don't have another one to pick this week. So <laughs> nothing else really stuck out to me. So I'm just going to stick with it and we'll have to double up. Because uh, I assumed you were going to pick something from uh, House of L. Well, that is going to take other slots. Mm-hmm. Uh, just for a moment, I, I I laughed so hard at that that uh, that it deserves it. Uh, so for cover, I'm going to show the main cover of Dark Detective because again, it's that neony, very pretty mm-hmm. coloring. Um, yeah. and, and as much as I wasn't as hot in the book itself, the variant for House of L, uh, as we pointed out last week, is jaw droppingly gorgeous. So that's my cover. Mm. I think those are the only two covers that really stand out at all this week. Frankly, I think it's a pretty. It's the opposite of last week. Even with a week with two, uh, you know, Yannick Paquette covers, which I typically yeah. like, I think they're kind of both just fine. Uh, those um, two covers, the only ones that really stand out to me. I'm going to go with Superman versus Imperius Lex because I like how much of a propaganda poster it looks like for for Luther. The standard sure. Paquette cover. Yeah. Yeah. So like it's. It's got an okay. evil-looking Superman with the lowest cack, like, uh, him like not cackling, 
an evil smile behind this you know, stepping on someone's going to crush them under his foot and lex is saying yeah, like, the terrified civilian yeah like it's it's exactly what goes on in lex's head yeah you know yeah also the house of l ones are great but i want to be different so yeah i mean sure. i i am going with the house of l variant personally, but yeah all right limited choice this week all right best start of the week connor Oh, that is tough because. No, do you know what? I'll probably give it to Dark Detective. I think both of them are really high quality. But yeah, I think there's a, there's a shout for House of L, and there's a shout for Superman vs. Imperious Lex as well. But I think the two artists being very good on uh, Dark mm. Detective kind of win it out for me. Man. And, and I, uh, I want to shout out Sam Peter for Aquaman because mm. that was the thing that stuck out the most for me. But I'm gonna go with Kabluski for House of L, just because it it handles everything, you know, except for the dynamic layouts and just, you know, each character has their own take. Looks fantastic. Uh, actions well handled. So yeah. Yeah. No, I think with Dark Detective, it because uh, I like the art in both stories. It's very distinct and different, but the whole book as a package was very well done. So, uh, it has to be that. Uh, so top five books, Matt. Go. Uh, number one is House of L. Number two is Superman vs. Imperious Lex. Number three is Dark Detective. Number four is Batman Superman. Number five is Aquaman. Donna? Uh, surprising absolutely no one, I'm sure. House of L is number one. <laughs> uh, after that, yeah, Dark Detective, Imperious Lex. Well, I forgot. Uh, I mean, there's a th sure, There's a pretty significant drop after that point. <laughs> By necessity, it would be Batman, Superman, and then Aquaman. But like, both of those are so far removed from my top three, it feels I, I, it feels like I'm doing those top three a disservice by including them. Hmm. Uh, number one for me is Dark Detective. Number two, it's, it's probably House of L. We'll take push. it. Two's a good slot. Yeah. Superman versus Imperious Lex at number three, uh, Batman Superman at number four, and I uh, was all I read, new books wise. I mean, if I can put American yeah. Vampire in there, that'd be number one, but I mean, <laughs> I mean but I can't, so. Uh, I mean, I'm grateful to say uh, Legion of Superheroes would not make my top five. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, but if you'd read one less book and you still had to read that for Patreon, it would have naturally been your well, number five. Sure, but it's a Patreon book, so it doesn't count. E even if it's a new book, we don't count. No, no, no. it came five. out this week, it still counts. Like, no, no, it doesn't. It does, it absolutely does. Don't even start. Uh, so, what is coming next week, you may ask. It's exciting because we're going to March, which means we're actually going to the first... Of... There's actually not actually that much next week. It's not that much. I love it. But it doesn't matter because it's still the start of a new dawn, a new era. Uh, so we got Batman 106 coming out. So we're back to regular books. We get Infinite Frontier issue zero. So that should be exciting. Uh, seeing what the so that makes season. this officially the start of the post rebirth era. Yes. Yep. Uh, the Swamp Thing issue one. So Ram V Swamp Thing uh, mm -hmm. book begins. Uh, Crime Syndicate number one. So that's uh, the miniseries. Suicide Squad issue one, which we're all going to read, Matt. <laughs> you're funny no we're all gonna why are you laughing Connor 
We're going to read it. You, you, we promised uh, that we would read it. I mean, I, I, I promise to read it as long as I have time. I promise I'll read it, Matt, if you read it. I think I... Oh, man, let me... No crossies count, man. <laughs> You're setting me up. Would we do that, Matt? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Also, I have trust issues. Also, next week, Man Bat issue to... Uh, and there you go. As much as you mentioned, Sensational Wonder Woman, which is a reprint of a uh, digital first. So, uh, there you go. I, I just want everyone to know. I actually booked next Saturday off work, mainly because one, I, I had a holiday to use up, and I had to use it this month. So I was like, quickly use it. And and two, I felt like it was important. I was available for the the issue of uh, Infinite Frontier. Yes. Uh, my my thoughts are vital on that for the the ongoing future of this show. Vital's a strong word, but... Uh... Unlike Doomsday Clock, numerous issues. I gotcha. Screw yeah. you, man. <laughs> I didn't have holiday days to waste on then. That's the, tw- the 12 most important issues uh, we ever talked about. more importantly, my job at that point only let me book like three months in advance, whereas this time yeah. I can book a week in advance. Oh, boy. Exciting. Well, let me take this time to thank our Patreon producers uh, for the month. So, thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Sharp, Bored Now, Al Treisman, Christopher Moy, Brett Williams, and David Brown. They are all patrons at $20 or more, which is what makes them Patreon producers. But you can support us, of course, for $1 or more per month over at patreon.com slash TV and get some bonuses. Uh, the main thing, of course, being at the $5 tier, you get access to the show a day early. Uh, you get it on Saturdays whenever it's ready and out the oven. Uh, you also get early access to previously in the multiverse by a full month, which is back. Um, it's not necessarily every week that show, which is me and Cora working through classic comics, because uh, sometimes, like this week, where uh, he's working till very late, like three, three or four days out of the week, uh, it's, it's just not going to happen. But it is back. There's been three episodes. The first one is just going public this weekend. We, so we haven't gone longer than two weeks without an episode. It's been you know, we only missed a week at a time yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, look, my work schedule. I I don't know very far in advance. I literally find out the Thursday, the week before, for my next week. So it is every week we're playing everything by ear right now. Uh, there's kind of nothing I can do about that. Mm-hmm. And and unless unless you all go and you know sign up to our Patreon and give us enough money that I can quit that job and and dedicate to this full time. That that would also solve that problem. I mean, more listeners for that first. Um. <laughs> Look, if every person who listened to this went and gave like three dollars, that would be quite a lot. Yeah, that'd about cover my starting salary. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's great Patreon, great Patreon supporters. Uh, yeah, so like and subscribe. All these things are important on YouTube. Uh, they help the algorithm and all that jazz and that's the most important thing you can do on YouTube uh, so please do that comment let us know what you thought of the books get us on the Twitters at DC Comics Podcast um, and now, since we are getting into March uh, maybe before next week actually the voting form for the top 50 DC characters of all time uh, in which you will submit you can submit a full top 50 if you wish to make a full top 50 uh, but the minimum will be 20. You'll have to submit a top 20 DC characters. Uh, and if you want to obviously do it, you don't have to do it. <laughs> You're not obligated to submit one. But if you want to take part, uh, you can. And this is a vote for the top 50 DC characters of all time. There will be a results special 
um, around episode 250. And this is to celebrate hitting episode 250. Uh, it won't actually be on episode 250 because then episode 250 would be the most ridiculously long episode of anything we've ever done, ever. Uh, so it'll be a separate special. So look forward to that. But yes, that's, the voting is coming soon and the voting will be going out through March. So that's coming. Uh, but otherwise, that is uh, that is that's, that has been episode two four two of comments from the multiverse. So thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC comics and remember to never get lost in the Speed Force. Make Pete read Arthurian legend.